1: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is
2: Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving all of in June.
1: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code
0: ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
2: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
4: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsa. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. Jennifer Landis is still out there, and we wait her return, but she's still busy raising a young group of padawans, <laughs> learning the ins and outs of the galaxy. We're scratching days. <laughs> We're on our homes, just like Ray in the ad We are Ray eating some puffed bread. <laughs> We are going to talk about Ray today on this eighty one hundred eighty fourth 184th edition of Four Center, the main show, the big show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the why of dark Ray. Joseph, today uh, we're going to get into that topic in a bit. We got news, but uh, this is going to be interesting because I think truly you might help me form a better opinion on the ideas Ooh, of dark right. ray good yeah no i'm
3: excited about it i think you had a, a really mm-hmm. understandable reaction when we talked about it last week of yeah. kind of
4: just wanting to see what's next and i think we're gonna be able to dive in and i've i've learned less since our <laughs> conversation <laughs> like i've lost more ideas we're gonna get into the why of dark ray got some news but we do want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, wherever our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. But, before we do that, we, we'd like to also catch up with some life adventures, some Star Wars adventures, and you, sir, are uh, tired because you just got back from Dragon Con.
3: <laughs> yes, DragonCon. Big convention in Atlanta. Tons and tons of Star Wars fans there. A great Star Wars track. Uh, I had lots of fun late nights talking to friends. Lots of fun shows. Uh, and lots of three hours of sleep every night. So I am exhausted. Uh, my love of Star Wars will keep me awake through this podcast, awesome. but that's the only thing keeping me awake. But, man, had great times. Uh, got to spend some time with uh, our friends Alex and Molly of Star Wars Explained. Got to see some awesome uh, trivia that Alex competed in. They did a, uh, a panel with me called How to Live Like a Jedi, which the audio turned out pretty good, so I think we're going to release that on Force Center. Uh, uh, and then I saw a bunch, a bunch of Star Wars cosplay. Yeah. So, I'm going to go through this really fast. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote down the best. So, are you ready to be taken through a picture?
4: the, the Scribshaw awards for cosplay <laughs> Dragon Con
3: 2019. It really is. I kept seeing a cosplay and be like, that's the one I'm going to mention yeah. on Force Center. Like, no, nope. okay. Yep. So I get there, right? Uh, I'm standing in the hotel, and the concierge checking me in is in a Yoda costume. Not a Yoda mask. Full prosthetics applied <laughs> to her face. And I asked... May I take a picture of you? And she said, yes. And I expected her to just pose there behind the desk. And she said, give me a minute. Went and got her lightsaber, went to the middle of the floor, (laughs) and struck an action pose. So that was just checking into the hotel. While she was
4: working. Yep. I mean, I think that's awesome. But imagine she probably had to do that a lot. Oh,
3: I'm sure she did. not she was thrilled. She's like, yeah, here's your key card. And yes. I am a Jedi Master. Yeah, uh, Molly was in her dark ray costume that right. she uh, uh, predicted. Molly Damon. She had the cloak, so she's looking just like in the video. Uh, there was a great episode nine ray. I think a couple of them that already had all of the, you know the white outfit. Uh, there was a Deadpool for everything. Yeah. So there was a okay. Boba Fett Deadpool that was awesome. Uh, there was a thing I'd never seen before. There was a Padme with her Clone Wars winter cloak on. Oh it's yeah, a very okay. unique and specific. Uh, Stopping traffic, there was a great Mother Talzin, which obviously you Ooh, don't see a lot, yeah. but just... It's a complicated one. Complicated, yeah. Amazing. Uh, many Obi-Wans with clone armor. That was nice to see. Uh, there was a Mon Mothma. There was a Holdo and Leia going around together. I saw them many times. Cool. There was a mouse droid, a radio-controlled mouse droid, but then it popped open and you saw that a Porg was driving it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely insane. Uh, there was a topless Kylo... Uh, But this was uh, done uh, by a woman with a large uh, just strip of cardboard over her breast that said censored. Okay, And I I waited in line outside (laughs) with her for about an hour to get into the vendor's room. (laughs) Uh, There was an aura Sing that was amazing. There was a a flannel mall who just had like a red and black George Lucas flannel shirt Hmm. and then was Darth Maul. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas so, Mall. A Lucas Mall. Lucas Mall. So that was awesome. Uh, see, all that cool and different yeah. cosplay, and that's a fraction of what was actually there. But uh, the main Star Wars adventure I wanted to share with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Eunice Swatomo was there. Chewbacca was he there. He was, right, right yeah. Uh, so I had this adventure where there was a, uh, a gender-neutral bathroom. Some of the bathrooms yeah. they had made just gender-neutral. So I uh, was urinating in the stall, yeah. and I opened the door, and there was a woman standing there, and she said, oh, Joseph Scrimshaw. <laughs> which was a weird and fun experience. It's always nice for people to say hello, but it's li- literally opening the stall door to a bathroom. And then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, it's, that's fine. <laughs> hello, how are you? Um, please enjoy the stall. Uh, so then I went to wash my hands, and yeah. washing his hands next to me was the unmistakable yeah. Eunice Swatomo. Woo. And I was like, you know what? Someone just said hello to me in the bathroom. I'm going to pass it on. Yeah, And I just said, may I tell you, how great your work is as Chewbacca. Nice. And he said, you may. <laughs> and then I don't know if it was because I had, you know, just said out loud clearly that yeah. you're Chewbacca, uh, spoiling any, any yeah. cover he might have.
4: <laughs> any cover so a seven-foot man would have. Right, a seven-foot <laughs> yeah. blonde, yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, so he said, you may, in a really friendly way, and then said thanks, and then he turned and walked out, and then he raised his hands and said to the whole bathroom,
4: goodbye,
5: everybody. <laughs> 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 just Ooh, like sweetheart.
3: the friendliest, sweetest guy. Yeah. But it was just like you know, yeah. Chewy in the bathroom. I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to say, "Great job!"
4: Look, it's and we enjoy getting recognized for our little small uh, con- contributions to the Star Wars media world. Uh, I understand it. I don't think I could have passed up a Chewy moment. <laughs> chewy in the bathroom. You know, Please do. Especially talk. if he's just washing his head. It's, yeah,
3: yeah. No, it know, wasn't like yeah. he was going to the stall and saying, like, yeah. "Excuse me, I need to talk <laughs> to you before you go about any business you might have, <laughs> sir." <laughs>
4: That's yeah. awesome.
3: Yeah, so it great, great life and Star Wars adventures. How about you? What have you been up to?
4: You know, what? I, as I continue, the move is pretty much done and getting through all that and getting back to normal life and uh, um, actually uh, starting <laughs> some... Uh, New work on a uh, side, little part-time job, writing sports again. i am be covering what? baseball for a site called Flag Sports. And uh, so I've, I've had to study some baseball again. Oh, nice. And I love baseball. It's a lifetime sport. But I realized how much Star Wars has taken over <laughs> what I consume. Yeah. And... You know, I used to be much like we you know Star Wars stuff. I, I used, you know, baseball. I used to know every lineup, every minor leaguer. Every that was it was a passion of mine. And I'm I'm in the wilderness. I don't know. So I had. I'm like, I'm going to have to balance Star Wars and yeah. baseball. This is a little part time job I picked up. Like that's going to be good. So that was part of my week coming to terms with. You know, I'm not going to cut back on loving Star Wars obviously, but it's right. like. Okay, like I maybe can't watch Solo again tonight. I have to watch a game or something (laughs) like that. But in the middle of that, I I can't say his name. A friend, a friend that I've known for years, uh, uh, you know, acquaintance, but he's been around the podcast movie world and uh, Schmodown world. And we recently started chatting more and he's a big Star Wars guy and and he's about an R.H. Yeah. But he invited me at some extra tickets to John Williams at the bowl and I uh, could not go. I was oh, one of those, no. like, sorry, already out and about, birthday party type situation. No problem. So it turns out he edits the videos. For Hollywood Bowl? Yeah. <gasps> so we were chatting. I said, I went about two, three years ago and explained the video. that uh, I said, I was I had a real, you know, emotional. That night, John Williams played a ton of Star Wars, which isn't always the case. Yeah. His <laughs> concerts and everything. And he goes, I remember that night. And he... And, and this is why I don't want to give his name, because I'm going to send you the video. And he <laughs> sent me the video, the password to log in on the his entire part, concert uh, of, of, of the Star Wars video okay. that plays on the, the big screen behind. Yeah. Um, oh, so this was mostly it. just Force Awakens cut up. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I was watching it. I watched it. He, he sent it over. and I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally remember. This is great. It was still on my screen like two days later and, you know, you know, I'll keep my tabs up right? Yeah. on my computer. So I was like, oh, let me watch this. Let me get in the background. And let me tell you something. I, I started having an emotional reaction to it just like I did when I saw it in concert because the music's playing. And yeah. And this is just The Force Awakens. And, I, and I, I was in my room with tears streaming down my face <laughs> just because it's like it's Star Wars. and This is what it does today. You, if you connect on that level. Yeah. It will, all, that will always be there. And it was, it was a powerful because, you know, I didn't sit down to be like, let me watch this video and have an emotional reaction to Star yeah. Wars characters. It just happened. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to see him probably at the next Mud on Tape and I just say, you know, you're editing. It, it's, you didn't just iMovie up Force Awakens. Right. You, you pasted it out to the, to the Jedi steps in the finale, okay. which is, you know, one of my oh, favorite tracks. Yeah. And it works so, and it hit me again, just like it did three years ago at the concert.
3: Yeah, just the way it's like edited together, connecting yeah. the the themes and the ideas and the characters with the music. 100%. And, oh man, that's and how so it great. connects
4: to the larger, you know, Star Wars galaxy and everything. So, I think that's what we celebrate here at Force Center. We love to get into those emotions, and it was it caught me off guard, and that was a great Star Wars adventure. Oh, that's you awesome! Know? That is awesome. I'm really happy for that emotional adventure,
3: and I am happy to know that now that you're mm-hmm. back into baseball, <laughs> that the amount of baseball. Analogies here on Four Center gonna are ra- going to
4: increase. Hop on up,
3: man!
4: <laughs> it's playoff time. Rays coming down to the end. Yeah, we're got
3: it. Got yeah, it. Mall
4: sure. is clearing third. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got it. So uh, we, you and I, both had full plates. You had a more actual full plate. Uh, uh, we're going to keep Joseph awake here today. Yeah. Any con takes the energy out of you. I have not been a Dragon Con, but I hear tell that is the one that drains you the most. Oh, it is. It is a constant party for four days. Before we get into the why of Darkway. We want to get into the news and whereas last week was obviously a big news dump with D23, this week not so much, but there's some interesting things we want to talk about. The headline reads J.J. Abrams ensures us episode 8 didn't quote derail anything and he's excited for the group being together. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at a little interview that E.T. Canada posted and there's another follow-up article with some analysis from a website called Games Radar. I'm not familiar with it, but we it was interesting because it, it I included this because you have the raw video, JJ talking at D23 with a reporter and I'm, this is, I'm inferring it. JJ to me already seems like he's done talking about Star Wars. and just (laughs) wants you to watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, Not being rude, but just kind of like, what, what's the question? Yeah, no. uh, Yeah. Everything's good. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying anything bad about him. Just just got the film. And then it's interesting what we can do as a fan base to take that and turn it into an entire story. So um, he said, uh, that essentially, and, and here's the thing, you could take this any way you want, and use it as evidence for whatever you want to believe, right? He basically said that nothing, uh, nothing that they had set out in seven was derailed by eight, meaning they can continue to tell their story. Yeah. So I want to start with you, Joseph. About, does this calm JJ's gonna retcon talk? Yeah. Or does it add fuel to the fire if you look at it from a certain point of view?
3: I think it, I think it just depends on your point of view. I think you are going to hear that the way you are going to hear that. Yeah. Uh, just the way somebody can look at an action a force user might take and go, are they attacking or are they defending? Well, right. hmm. uh, to me, I think the truth of it is that they did have a rough plan certainly mm-hmm. uh um jj abrams in particular because he was really involved in the creation of these characters right and right. shaping their trajectory so i feel like the how of their the middle part of their journeys ryan yeah. johnson figured yeah. out and it's maybe not exactly the how that jj J. abrams might have done but he's mm-hmm. on the record of loving it yeah. so i feel like yeah it makes perfect sense to me that nothing would derail nothing in eight would derail where these characters are going to end up by the end of their journey. They were just right. really challenged and confronted by who they are in episode yeah. eight. Um, and I also just think there's a big difference between retcon and which is literally going back and changing something, um, and adding a little bit more information. Totally. And I think it's just, I think we're going to get more information about Rey.
4: We've had long conversations here about you. Kylo's helmet and, just being the next chapter in development of that character. Yeah, we'll see what that is. But it isn't JJ going. We're putting the helmet back on. Nah, it's just the next chapter. I totally agree with you. Yeah, exact quote was the story that we're telling in Star Wars Nine. The story that we started to conceive when we did Force Awakens was allowed to continue. The last Jedi didn't. Je- last Jedi didn't really derail anything we were thinking about. Uh, what's interesting to me too is we know Colin Trivara was on board. Yeah. We uh, know part of uh, his dismissal might have been around his story not syncing up with what Kathleen Kennedy wanted. I was even reading some more stuff about that this week. Nothing, none of it fact, by the way. Yeah, um, <laughs> just uh, talk. Um, so JJ comes back on the team, and and I could see someone going, "Well, there wasn't a plan, and he's picking up the ball, and does he have to go back and change anything?" But I, I think to me, I do believe it takes a faith value face value if i'm going no 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 this ryan followed an actual trajectory of the yeah. established
3: yeah the yeah and i feel like everything that has been in the trailers is this is the next generation's fight mm-hmm. and the last jedi kind of got the main characters out of the shadow of their doubts and out of the shadow of their mentors and they're set up to go the, the ball is in your court what are you going to do with it
4: yeah yeah and i hear this talk a lot but episode nine will be a it's really a direct sequel to seven. It'll, it'll skip over eight. And, and uh, to me, just part of J.J.'s tone, if you listen to the tone, he doesn't go out and say, you know, it's a, you know, we are picking the story up right after eight and everything was set up perfectly because he doesn't have time. Yeah. He's, on a, he's on a press line. And again, I, I, do, I do think he just wants people to watch this movie and stop yeah. asking these questions. Um, I just think that's, I that's get that in spirit of well, JJ's back, and he's going to connect things more to seven and what he planned. But I, I just I, I, I don't think you can I don't think you can do that if you're telling this trilogy.
3: Yeah, he's also said publicly, and again, mm. granted, I'm sure he wants to make everything sound publicly sound great publicly. But he said that the, the one of the greatest gifts that Ryan gave him of many is Rose Tico. Yeah, uh, he has used in the trailer one of the iconic new Star Wars lines crafted for Episode Eight. No one's ever really gone. Right. and how that touches into larger star wars themes so i just feel like what we're literally seeing in hearing from him is positivity and hey it might yeah. not have been exactly what i would have done but i'm really excited to pick up that baton and run with
4: it as 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 a creative which we we both are i'll put it, uh, uh, quotations around my creative <laughs> um there there is sometimes the love of a challenge and you you i remember you talked about it first of like jj is probably aware of his reputation of not finishing strong yeah. whether earned or not um so he wants to do it right i've got to imagine then jj's quote some of like i watched Aiden and realized i didn't have to be beholden to anything star wars yeah i like. gotta imagine he's sitting there looking at the at the premiere and going okay game on like yeah, and i'm man. sure they already had scripts and everything but like you like he, me and Chris are got to roll up our sleeves, and there is no clear answer, and that's that has to excite them creatively. Absolutely, I think I
3: think this is a great meta story that uh, reflects Star Wars, where J.J. Abrams creates the Force Awakens under the guidance of the old masters, literally Kathleen Kennedy, yeah. Lawrence Kasdan, yeah. the shadow of Lucas, and he is like his characters, uh, you know, amidst the uh, the wreckage and the glory of the past, and now he's like, you know what? not even don't even have Lawrence Kasdan around yeah I I am gonna stand on my own two feet I'm gonna accept the hero's lightsaber and I'm gonna use it to direct this movie and it's gonna be mine there you go yeah
4: and and he's very excited about this idea of the of the character they talked about this at celebration but the main characters being back together yeah which was something that happened in Return of the Jedi after Empire Strikes Back they're all it's just natural for a second chapter they're all sent off all into the galaxy what what Hearing that, knowing that, we already know that, but hearing how excited he is, does does that add to your excitement of these characters coming back together?
3: Yes, because I think it means he is clear on why he's doing it and what value it has to him and what emotions it stirs in him. Mm -hmm. And to me, I think it is seeing a group of characters that we already like be together and have camaraderie, I think increases that feeling in the audience that we're with them, Mm -hmm. we're among them, they're our friends. And I think it just, it raises the stakes because your friends being in danger is always high stakes and Star Wars in particular has a history of that. So if the first half of this movie is, you know, particularly Poe, Ray, and Finn, but, you know, Rose and and 3PO and R2 as well, uh, or Chewie as well, whoever, wherever R2 is, if it is all about them bonding and having fun, boy, does it increase the stakes as we get towards the end and they are in grave danger. Danger.
4: Yeah, and again, I I would not think any of the main characters that we know are going to die. Um, at least human characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you want that. You want it to mean something. Yeah. Which, uh, as much as I love Rogue One, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I had one more little mission with the crew. It's like, yeah. I felt that they were together, not bickering and everything, and, and I think that that ended up being their final mission. You yeah. Know, but, uh, in a movie I love. But yeah, so I think we're going to get that. And again, it just makes sense.
3: Yeah, it really chapter. does. Yeah. You See want-
4: all that charm popping off between those actors. Speaking of the final chapter... Anthony Daniels. Yeah, he has uh, a lot to say sometimes. We kid. We tease <laughs> Anthony. But I'll tell you, I really do love C-3PO and believe he's such a key part of Star Wars. And he was also, uh, going, we're going back to D-23. There was a lot of stuff coming out of D-23. He had this, uh, again, a, a, a press line. It was difficult not to tear up a bit. And he's referring to some of his final moments, his 3PO. Partly because J.J. said some really nice things and all the crew were listening and watching. I have <laughs> to admit it was an emotional <laughs> moment. He stays on brand. But I knew it was coming. It wasn't even a scene in which I said anything. For once, 3PO was in a scene without butting in. But I felt it was such a terrific movie that I thought it was okay to say goodbye. I felt satisfied with this one. I have something to be proud of that, you know, as I say goodbye. Now, that doesn't mean his final scene. He doesn't say anything. Obviously, they shoot a lot of things out of order. We get that. Um, This is sweet. This is someone who does. Again, we kid, but he does deserve all the accolades for what he brought to this. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: yeah, there's a reason that they ultimately decided not to voice anyone over him because he yeah. he crafted the character of 3PO, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, this is really awesome and cool. I think it, obviously there is something interesting and surprising going to happen with 3PO. And I hope that, much like Anthony Daniels, I hope yeah. that the arc is that 3PO feels seen and heard. That mm-hmm. would be like a satisfying arc to me. Hmm. because he's so often there so often helping so often for the sake of comedy being told to shut up by the galaxy's greatest heroes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It would be great if there is like a moment of like, damn three PO. Yeah. You saved the day. Thank you. Well,
4: this, this leads more into the the red eye three PO talk yeah. we had some last week. Uh, uh, you know, it, specifically, I like the emotional tone of what you are describing about him doing something that matters. And the red eye again, the red eye, I still think could be played for a joke. I am not yeah. looking at it as anything more than a, ooh, a tantalizing piece of candy that we're gonna the whole bag's waiting for us. But what what do you have any specific ideas in mind? Uh, you talk about his i you know being seen and heard. Is it a decision? Uh, uh, he and Leia. What, what, what do you think? Is, does, does does this character deserve? Yeah, final, final
3: arc. I think it would be great if he could have, whether it's associated with the red eyes or not. Um, if he could have some moment where he truly knows something and Mm -hmm. he finds a way to communicate it in a way that the humans listen. Cause it's partially because he's just like often like not great at protocol, right? He interrupts when he shouldn't, but like he has those moments that you see where like he wishes he could find the right thing to say to Padme, you know, right. That's like a great moment of communication. So, you know, you know, he has it in him. Maybe it is that a lot of theories out there that he unlocks some memories of the past. Yeah. Uh, So maybe it is just that beautiful moment of perfect Mm-hmm. communication where he has something important to say and he says it in the right way so that everybody just turns and is like, damn, 3PO, you're right.
4: Uh, yeah, and I would love it to I would love it to still be played for comedy in the sense of he says, let's just say he says something really important, the answer to our problems is, and everyone can turn around and just be like, wow, maybe, you know, I, I, I can't necessarily be there unless yeah. the dialogue was written before, but just kind of one of those like, oh, wow, we should... All these years, we should yeah. have listened to you more. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun if it's played for a, a beat that's, yeah. you know, or he just guns down 40 stormtroopers. Which I uh, think is also a strong possibility. A strong possibility. Yeah. Uh, but here's an interesting question. this In this era, he's talking about saying goodbye. And Anthony's, uh, I know he's he, he's older now, but he's always been uh, maintained. Great shape, great fits uh, into relatively the same. Outfit, yeah. Which <laughs> is hard for all of us to do, I'm sure. Uh, do we really think this is the last time you see the character? I believe in this moment. Anthony Daniels is saying goodbye.
3: Yeah, and I think it's the end yeah. of this character, you know, yeah. uh in, in the main story. But yeah, no, I think if if, you know, even if it was a one off animated special and we did get a Luke's mm-hmm. Jedi School uh yeah, yeah, Anthony Daniels will be back to narrate it. I mean, if uh if five years from now I buy a smart home and I can, you know, calibrate which the voice it is, I'm right. sure Anthony Daniels will have recorded.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> my house to talk like Anthony Daniels loves three po and I think he is going to record something again. Whether yeah. or not he'll pop up in a live-action thing, I think that's a bigger question.
4: I mean, the Kenobi one it wouldn't fit in as much. The Cassian one, if there's conversations around, yeah, Bail Organa or someone being there, you're like, yeah, I could totally see see that. Uh, I don't think there's an overriding need for him. No, but it's fun. Three PO is one of those characters where it's yeah. like you hear the voice and you know it's Star Wars. Yeah. So, Anthony Daniels rides off into the sunset, maybe, but riding into the sunset is Giancarlo Esposito. (laughs) And again, from D23, he has more to say about his character in The Mandalorian. And I will admit, I missed this. There was a ton of news last week. I didn't see this character name uh, revealed. So, uh, if for some reason you don't want it, we're going to reveal what he said. His character's name is in The Mandalorian. But here we go. Uh, Esp- Esposito revealed his character's name as Moff Gideon, hmm. an Imperial soldier before the Battle of Endor, and in the and the aftermath, uh, he has risen to his position in this aftermath. So he wasn't uh, one of the moths floating around the galaxy. Okay. He was a working man, a soldier. Uh, not they, they, he specifically says soldier, not even an officer. Oh wow, wow, uh, and then goes to this position of power, which which keeps the lines going to Wendig's aftermath. Gallius Rex, I know, is around, I get it, but, like, even he's kind of like, cool, there's a vacuum of power. Guess what? The Emperor wanted me to rule. Yeah. Sloan, like, sh- you're promoted in an era where she is a Grand Admiral, but, it, you know, it it comes in this chaos, and I'm not taking that away from Sloan's promotion. I think people know this one of my favorite characters, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's this, like, we need to fill some positions. He's <laughs> so... Yeah. Go on, uh, quick note here says the empire of this time has is issues with its quote relationship to the bounty hunters, as Esp- Esposito says. Bounty hunters create disorder, and this might run muck or the, the, the run amok of the empire's ideas of order. Is this consistent with the past? I want to start there, yeah, uh, and part of this new era, Joseph, because I would say the empire, even going to empire, they don't have as Big problem with the criminal underworld, is I, I. But maybe that's my interpretation.
3: Yeah, I mean we get we get told in Solo that the Empire basically lets Crimson Dawn operate, mm-hmm. and in fact sometimes does business with them because hey, you know, or, or you know, even other criminal syndicates, you know, because if the the Pike Syndicate is mining Kessel real good, the Empire will just buy it from them, and they don't care that the Pike Syndicate is a criminal. Or, so it seems like there's a well, we we turn our eye, but then it seems like maybe the bounty hunter thing is maybe Vader. Mm. Because, yeah. obviously, the way Piet reacts is he's disgusted by it. That's true. And Vader has that, like, you know, you idiots are failing me. Right. I will bring in some people who are going to think outside of the box. So it could be more of a Vader thing. I also think that this might be just, like, very specific to this character.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, you that's great. I, I, the Piet example is, is awesome. So so maybe uh, uh, Moff Gideon's in the same spot of, yeah. you know... I was a soldier and, and sometimes these, these characters were brought in to do my job and now I'm in control of some, some sort of control. I want them out. It also creates uh, cause he plays coy. Once again, he's playing coy about is he a villain or not? He can't yeah. just like wait and see. He also had this like wait and see if I'm an alien or not. And that was weird. Cause I thought we already had that, but <laughs> he, we, we know he's a humanoid. Um, do you see any way shape or form that he is not a villain or switches around i don't want to wildly speculate on a show we've yet to see but yeah i don't know
3: there's a part of me that's like well yeah the actor who played gus fring maybe he's coming at it from the like hey the actors Mm -hmm. play their perspective and from moff gideon's perspective he is not a villain he doesn't have Mm -hmm. uh, any sort of nefarious ulterior motive he truly believes that he can bring order yeah and the bounty hunters are a problem because they are defying his order. You know, I kind of, I almost get the sense that like, this is not an Imperial remnant because like aftermath, all those yeah. great characters you're saying, that's immediately after the empire falls, right? This is five years later. So I get the sense that this is like a dictator mm-hmm. over a very small territory, basically mm-hmm. saying, I want to be in charge. I want to rule it. And I will use, the armor, the history, the iconography of the Empire to basically enforce that. But this yeah. is not like I'm helping to regrow the Empire. This is like I have control over two systems. Yeah. One, a what? neighborhood like I think that his influence is not huge.
4: I totally agree with that. And, I, uh, and yeah, and if he is because we've heard him talk about this character before, about the order, you know, and if you're talking about the, the trains running on time and and bounty hunters are fighting against it, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. From that, what you're describing, that I'm selling order. There used to be order in the old days. Yeah. And I'm still part of that. Yeah. That now that makes a little more sense than just the day to day inner workings of of the criminal underworld and the empire of old. So uh, you know, it's like he's running on a political campaign of yeah. order, and you get some. Uh, you know jagoff over in the corner uh, shooting (laughs) things uh, I could see him getting in the way of that there yeah I mean
3: I wonder if there's even a possibility that we'll play around with the idea that certain people are kind of seeing the bounty hunter code as like great if you need something done this is our new Mm. system you hire a bounty hunter and maybe people are even sort of not looking up to bounty hunters, but just sort of accepting that of like, yeah. hey, you need something done. You just pay one of these real violent guys and they just make it happen. And that, that works fine. I got mine.
4: Yeah, that's why I'm so, I'm so curious. And now it's just a Mandalorian discussion. We'll do a Mandalorian yeah. preview later on. But yeah, if like, this is more than a, yes, it's sold as a gunslinger walking through town. But you know there's more to that. Yeah. It has to have, there's themes, and we've talked about the themes of rec- reclaiming your identities and da, 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 da which also Gideon would be doing trying to reclaim the identity of the the Empire and control. I'm curious to see where this this leads. That's where I'm intrigued with the series more than fighting.
3: Yeah. And you know what? They might just upset canon as I imagine it, so Mm. I say this with a grain of salt. But for me, my understanding of this too is like the New Republic's up and running. They can only do so much. And to me, that makes me feel like Hey, a show about Westerns reside on this is a pretty isolated town. We're technically part of the US, but man, you know, we don't, we barely even have train tracks here. We're not yeah. really a part of things. So I'm really thinking this takes place in a geographically relatively small part of the galaxy. Yeah. Because also, I just feel like, well, the New Republic is growing. They would just come step on this bug that yeah. is Moff Gideon. You know, if he was that big of a threat. So that's I'm really imagining it as a small like maybe it's a handful of systems, yeah. which in Star Wars land translates to that one desolate town out on the yeah. edge of, you know, the frontier.
4: Can't And I can't wait to prove this show because you make me think of this like I'm not a am a canon junkie, but I don't require references to function as much yeah. as others. But like. I would love the Battle of Jakku and the end of the Empire as we know it and the yeah. Concordance and all the stuff. Like, I, I do kind of want to see that referenced and it yeah. might answer some of the questions or, or deal with some things you're talking about of like, well, we're still here. Yeah. Uh, we own this town. So interesting stuff. Yeah. Coming out of uh, Giancarlo uh, Esp- Esposito, saying a lot of things. A um, couple uh, more things. Well, I, uh, uh, well, we'll go to these ones here. We'll go in order here. Uh, Disney Star Wars Hotel. Uh, details were revealed last week we couldn't get to it because of the... So, just plenty of news to talk about. <laughs> uh, we know a little bit more now. This is the official name of the hotel. This is out in Orlando, of course. is Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. You board a star cruiser called the Halcyon, a Chandrillion craft. Uh, shout out there to Mon Mossman's home world. Mm. It's a two-night immersive adventure with a cantina, galactic views, lightsaber training, visit to the engine room, Batuu, and more. Uh, Joseph, uh, the big question is, do we want to go? <laughs> yes. It, which
3: is a change for me Yeah, because I used to think like this might be too much and how are they going to deal with this sort of like little, mm. like, yeah, I want to go on an adventure, but actually I'm hungry and I need a ham sandwich somewhere. Like, yeah. Uh, but after going to galaxy's edge and seeing how mm. well they balance, like the story is always going on around you and you can fully engaged or yeah, of will just let you do what you need to do. That I'm yeah. now even more into, like the oh yeah, now I do want to have this totally immersive mm. experience. And they've got some photos up of just like art, you know, uh, visual mm. uh, concepts, and it's just like yeah, I want to sleep in the Star Wars bed with the fake window that always looks like you know <laughs> you are uh, you're looking out on a different galactic
4: yeah. adventure. You know, yeah, it looks it looks really exciting. Of course, and yeah, some of the price points are are sneaking out or out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that's not something I can do right, right? now, but. I look, I'll tell you, like I, uh, at source celebration, uh, there was a a, 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 present for a dinner and someone from Lucasfilm, I, I mentioned the hotel and they turned to me and said, it's not what you think. It is, it is its own thing. You won't go to Disneyland. Cause I think I said somebody, yeah, yeah, Orlando might be fun. You stay at the hotel and you go to Disney World. They were like, you might not have time. Yeah. And, and they obviously couldn't go in the details. Now reading a little bit more, I'm like, this makes sense. And I do want to go because I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge yet. But I'm halfway through Black Spire. We're going to be reviewing that book soon. And I'm like, I want to play along. Yeah. Right? I want to go to Batuu. And if I find V. Marathi, I'm going to try to <laughs> go to the ancient ruins and dive. I'm going to play along. Yeah do some uh, live action role play and this kind of scratches that itch in a very expensive but big one yes it's the expensive hotel larp two night you have <laughs> to go two nights what if you could only go one night don't nope. go two nope. nights
3: nope it is i i really like that it, yeah you're staying in a stationary hotel but we are going to create the illusion of going on a cruise in yeah. disney knows cruises they do so i'm very excited for it myself
4: oh the food can you think of the food? Oh, yeah.
3: We can eat more shack roast. It's going to be great. Ronto Roasters.
4: <laughs> Speaking of uh, Galaxy's Edge, Oga's, uh, is it Oga or Uga? You say Oga? Oga, yeah. You've heard I her speak. I, uh, I, I have not. Oh, she does not appear? Okay. Uh, uh, Oga's Cantina music uh, is being released as an album. Uh, so this is all this music was created for Galaxy's Edge by Walt Disney Imagineers, uh, Matt Walker and Yaron Spiwak. Uh, it's coming out September 6. Uh, lots of real world music styles combined to create Star Wars feel. Uh, and this is, so Rex is the DJ. Yeah. And he's spinning these tunes. Yeah. Okay. And I did hear those. Yeah. And I'm excited. So you're going to add this to your playlist? Oh, good God, yes. Yeah.
3: In, in some ways, I, feel, I love listening to music while I work, and I love listening to Star Wars music, but mm. sometimes it takes you on these emotional adventures. Right. This cantina music is mixed really, really well to just be like, hey, mm. we're having fun. Like, mm. there's a lot of variety, but I feel like we've talked a lot about music on star wars this is particularly uh successful in like okay well we we created something that really has mm-hmm. um you know sort of a afro cuban rhythm but then on top of it we're going to put what sounds like a space synthesizer wow. you know from yeah. finland or whatever mm-hmm. uh so it really does feel different in like like star wars music and it's all just good upbeat music with good yeah. variety lots of singing and haties it's just it's really a great i think it's gonna be great writing music
4: i was gonna say it's gonna be great like
3: home party music oh yeah <laughs> for sure yeah if you just want to have friends over and talk about star wars yeah. you
4: can pump up the rex jams Ooh, what are we playing here yeah <laughs> that'd be good so that's coming out september 6th yep another thing to uh Shell out some cash for, but that's why we're Star Wars fans. Because <laughs> we ball. hate money. We money. Final story. This dropped today as we recorded a little bit later in our, our broadcast week. Uh, we have a new image from The Mandalorian. This comes from Entertainment Weekly. They always have cute little uh, reveals. Uh, and we have The Mandalorian fighting two Trandoshans. We know they are not Bosk. And the first thing we got to start, and be honest, jo- Joseph, I think we both experienced this, not being snarky, not being cynical. I thought it was a toy release, and I think you were in the same boat. I absolutely oh. did,
3: and then I saw many other people saying the mm. same thing, so I was happy to know I was not imagining things or yeah. just having some disease where I see toys where they're <laughs> not.
4: It's not. It's not a sh- shot at the quality <laughs> or anything. Just it no, it looked just. it's just like toys. Yeah. Do you think it's something with the special effects, or do you think there's a horrible confusion and it is toys? I, I mean that that would be the most awesome confusion. <laughs> I. I you know, I'll tell you, first of all, it looks like a Star Trek season one battle up at Vasquez Rocks. Yeah. Uh, which is fine, <laughs> by the way. It's fine. I, I'll say this, Mike. The themes of The Mandalorian, as we've just discussed here, get me really interested for the show. I cannot wait for it. I will say that again. I cannot wait for it. I still, even with that trailer that came out, I look at it and I go, it's it's fan-filmy to me. And I know that sounds like I'm being a little grumpy and that's against a lot of what we do here at Force Center. That's not going to take away my enjoyment. Yeah this falls in that category. It's just crisp. It's clean. It looks like people have Star Wars costumes on. And that's yeah. not bad because that's what it is. <laughs> i I'm working on myself to see, you know, how much I'm going to focus on that.
3: Yeah. I think for me, it, it is going to be like, yep, it look it looks grand, but it, is, it does look like it's going to be u- using a different technology. Yeah. Even though I know they used lots of, diff- of the traditional mm-hmm. technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is something about that that obviously for so many of us to react that way, Something about it that isn't looking life-like. Yeah. Maybe it's just like a lack. Maybe it's such a crisp image. There's not a little bit of motion blur. I don't know what it is.
4: It. It. it, it, it what. What it maybe makes. Maybe we be, can. Yeah. I don't know. No. It just makes me think about Star Wars live action on TV. This is this is the big barrier. Yeah. And I'm glad. 2005. If they'd gotten their way in the in the underworld series, I bet it would have had a look to it that would have been more prequel-like. Yeah. um And wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I look again. We you know, Game of Thrones and the Lord of the Rings show coming out. The Witcher series. There's a, a level of realism that we're we're expecting. Yeah. And this probably will have it when it plays out. Some of the stuff with Esposito looks good, um, but a lot of it does look like it, it, to me like was shot on a set outside LAX. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's. But but the opening scene of Force Awakens. Me and Mark Ellis have always agreed that the opening scene of Force Awakens at, at to the Two and All Village. Definitely, you were like, Oh, that's definitely a set, and 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 obviously, it's all sets, they didn't go to Jakku, it's not a yeah. real planet. But w- sometimes, when it, it takes me out of it, I can't clear my mind from yeah. it. So, I again, this is me, I have to work on it, and this doesn't help any of that.
3: No, I think when it's uh, just a, a frozen image, yeah. and the it, it is a uh, fan film like, I would say, in a good way, in that John Favreau is a fan, yeah, and he is making all of the dreams that he had in 1983 come true, including awesome boba fett like guy fights boss like guys yeah. while going around the galaxy with a guy who's like ig88 <laughs> but not ig88 so i am waiting for dengar's brother fengar <laughs> to show up <laughs> and it, it is fan fiction in the best possible way
4: yes yeah it's not a bad thing that's not a bad thing i just um it's gonna be interesting to get over that bear star wars yeah. live action on your tv yeah and uh, it'll be good but you know i'll tell you it looks good and uh um, uh, You just mentioned it, but do we do we, do we, do we want this trend to keep going? Fengar? Yeah. <laughs> Tukas? Do you want them all? Just want <laughs> just all, all, them, all, all of the, them?
3: All of those Empire Strikes Back bounty hunters? Yeah. At this point, I'm like, sure, why not? Yeah. Sure. Let's
4: do it. Go for it. Let's do it. The, the IG-11 thing is, is upsetting more people than I would think. Really? I've seen a lot of people that I know that aren't in the Star Wars media or aren't on Twitter a lot. Friends of mine just... Not understanding again that Favreau wasn't given permission to do a Boba Fett series, yeah. and then an IG88 series. Um, it's so it's weird. I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm very curious to how it plays out. Yeah. So I've, I've had some friends of mine who are like, "What is this BS about IG11? Think, Where's IG88?"
3: I think IG88 stands. I think people who love IG88 mm-hmm. are probably going to be happy that they're. Legends version or the little bit of IG-88 that's in canon just gets to be that that's IG-88 and then they can go nuts with IG-11 Yeah, and you can still, if you don't like it, that's IG-11, not your beloved IG-88. I think ultimately people are going to be happy. That, yeah. that, uh, that
4: this IG's got a little elbow room to be wacky well, imagine if it was <laughs> IG88 and they're like what he didn't he didn't interface with the death star 2? <laughs> come on yeah that is a long look at many news items more to come next week uh, before we get on to our main story though we want to do an audio book recommendation Joseph what do we get? We are going to
3: recommend, you already mentioned it, Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson. This is taking you to Batu to Black Spire Outpost, and getting you all ready to visit
4: Galaxy's Edge. We're going to be reviewing it soon, so if you haven't listened yet, please listen. Absolutely. To download your free audiobook today, go to center Again, that's audibletrial.com for your free audiobook. And uh, like I said, I'm about halfway, more than halfway through, and really enjoying this Yeah. And Delilah Dawson, we're gonna talk more about it soon. I mean, this is very much like Phasma to me, where I'm like, Wow, is this Star Wars? It is. But it's focusing on characters and Environments and something different, and yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I didn't didn't expect uh, that I would this much.
5: Yeah, it's a
3: strange and unique one. So uh, yeah, I hope everybody listens so uh, they can be there with us to yeah. dive in.
4: And uh, the chapter in which she orders a to go box for our, <laughs> her buddy is <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> please, please, Vaimrati, bring me some cantina food. <laughs> uh, we are on to our main story, the why of Dark Ray. We got some big questions, and so Joseph, we get some big answers. Yeah, yeah. So part of the reason why to talk about this
3: is that you were i think struggling is that fair
4: i just don't know and part of it's like i don't want to form a big opinion but like i have found myself at the risk of sounding grumpy there's a lot of great theories out there from listeners of the show and they'll write us well i'll get a four paragraph message on facebook or instagram and they're great theories and they're fun but they're these check box. the emperor has implanted a chip, and he's looking <laughs> for the Jedi text. And I'm like, this is all good. It has nothing to do with character. Right. And J.J. and Chris Terrio are writers who are concerned with character, not step two, step three, step four. So that's where I'm like, I want to get to that. What's yeah. the character? Yeah.
3: Aspect? And I think that is that happened at Celebration a little bit when the Emperor was revealed mm-hmm. that people's minds understandably went to how mm-hmm. instead of why. What does it mean? Yep. Uh, so that's what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about the hows, but only in the sort of context of how would that work within the story. Mm. And then we're going to get really into the why, because the most exciting thing to me about that is it feels like that trailer is saying, The central issue for Ray personally as a character and maybe ultimately for how this movie goes is facing the dark side, which has only been hinted at previously. Uh, Everybody knows the lines. We're going to talk about them that have hinted at that. But to say that is that that's a big statement about what this movie is, what it means. Mm. So we're going to dig into that. So this is my first question for you, Ken. If falling to the dark side is Ray's personal conflict in the film, could always not be. But if it is, do you like that idea? how does it help resolve her story and how does it help resolve the story of the Skywalkers since that is the clear mission statement Mm. of the rise of Skywalker?
4: Yeah. uh, A pure fall just in terms of the conflict of it. I'm always interested in the dance and, and the the pull of of the dark side to these characters. Um, I like it. We're going to talk more about, you know, how that would play out or or the choices or is it something she has to do? Um, But I, I want more than that. Yeah. I want more than that. To me, the conflict, she's found her place. She knows she's from nowhere. But even if that's changed or JJ rolls out more information. Yeah. Dealing with, I still like the idea of I am a girl from nowhere who thought I was from nowhere. Now I'm at the center of this and that's the burden. The dark side's part of that burden. But just... Racing towards, am I going to have a cool red lightsaber forever? <laughs> Isn't the question I want to answer, yeah. or, or worried about too much? It might be part of it, but I want to see how she rises to being. I'm the girl who put on a helmet and daydream, but really didn't want to leave. Yeah, because I, I was I was trapped by my own fears of leaving. Yeah, only wanted to leave if my parents came back parents, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she dreamed of a bigger life, but kept herself there with her routine, all that stuff. Like, now now you are leading this. As Luke says, this is your fight. What does that mean?
3: Yeah. As much of a myth as you thought this legendary Luke Skywalker mm. is, as much as you needed him to be a hero for the galaxy, mm. that's what you need to be now. Yeah. That awesome amount of responsibility.
4: Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that.
3: Uh, we will uh, we will give you some um, maybe vague advice as Force yes. Ghost. Yeah. Um, is any part of your he- I totally understand what you're saying. We're on yeah. the same page yeah. about like the, the why and how does that that uh, it, it tie into her story as we've heard it so far is, is what yeah. we care about. Not as much the technical yeah. house. But is any of your reticence coming from a fear of repetition of Anakin or Luke's story feeling like we've seen the story of a good Jedi tempted to the dark?
4: I'm, I'm less worried about, like, even when people talk about the redemption of Kylo. Oh, we've seen it with Vader. No, that's that's part of these fables and myths that's going to happen. So I, I want it to be there. Yeah. I, just, I, I think her story is something bigger than that. Yeah. And it's a little different than that. Especially, you know, again... The movie opens and she's like, "Oh, you, you, Luke had a cousin and you're a Skywalker, but you know." And then it's like, <laughs> "You're another Skywalker being tempted." That has some poetry to it. Yeah. I just keep thinking, her, 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 her purpose is beyond just, do you like this cloak? Yeah. Oh, if absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I, I, you yeah. Know, again, trying to work through it here. Yeah. No. No. Um, I know what you mean. I do. So I'm not afraid of. Story beats I'm familiar with. I just want her story to go somewhere different.
3: Yes. Yes. You want her story to be unique. Yeah. I feel like what I'm excited by the possibility about it and how I think it might relate is like we touch on in the original trilogy, Luke coping with his power. We touch on in the prequels, Anakin being, well, he's got the burden of this chosen one. And what does that mean? Um, But it'd be really interesting to really have her be so crystal clear of, yep, I've been running around being really the resistance only hope because I am truly more powerful Mm -hmm. than everyone else i can do things that people can't and if this is truly a story that spots light okay once you have that power it is actually very dangerous that's why the jedi come across as cruel to young anakin and phantom menace because they know the danger of power and if it is really a story about her saying oh can i make the right choice oh wow the galaxy is even bigger and more difficult and more confusing than I thought. Mm. I didn't realize that's why right. Luke struggled. That maybe this is under helping my understanding of Ben Solo. I had this experience where I had I kind of lived a, a fairy tale life where my life is horrible on Jakku mm. and I fight for survival. But in my mind right. these fairy tale figures of my parents will come back and make everything okay. Right. And it even connects to like how in The Last Jedi she starts with such a simple understanding of the force.
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: And to me, that would be really, really interesting if it is about her taking on all of the complexity of the galaxy, all the complexity of what Skywalkers have faced before Mm -hmm. and really asking, how do I handle it? And can I handle it without falling to the dark side, without abusing my power?
4: Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we're in the same ballpark. Where uh, you know, I think uh, you're eating the nachos, but I'm eating the hot dogs. That feels <laughs> like and I'm, I'm ready to order the nachos. Yeah, where it's again, it's part of this tapestry. Yeah, and it's a big part. Yeah, because it's the danger. But I like there's something you said earlier of just like, you know, of of. It's, I have I have an old employee of mine who was a supervisor, and he used to I loved him, but he gave, gave me some trouble sometimes. And <laughs> he just texted me, he's got my old job somewhere, and I'm like. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I hope now you, you know. I hope you meet you. It's a parent telling their kid. I hope you get a kid like you. Yeah. Um, I, now that what you said, I'm really connected with that. Of she kind of, you are the hero. And 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 now, because in Black Spire, there's a lot of times. Uh, again, about 200 pages in where uh, Vimarati's like, "Oh, we have one of those. It's called a Ray. Yeah, we have a Jedi. We still yeah. have one, Ray, and she's really going to make a difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If Ray is Ray is feeling that pressure, Dark Side part of that. And can she over, yeah, then it ties back to the skywalkers that make, that makes a lot of sense to me, yeah, 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 so I'm
3: excited for that, um and there's also I think this large thing we're talking about of this a little bit more of I feel like a lot of what Anakin and Luke's journey is is dealing with their past, Luke's certainly mm. dealing with the shadow of Vader, yeah, yeah, and Anakin dealing with his fear of loss from the mm-hmm. experiences he has as a child, um and i think that's where we might get some juicy storytelling stuff where if she learns more about her past or is even just coming to terms with what she went through yeah. there's some great skywalker poetry there of mm-hmm. is there can she make peace with her past and just move to the future yeah. or just be in the moment and yeah, i think exactly. that might tie into it as well yeah. uh let's get into some of the hows so uh, i know that these are the ones that that some of this talk yeah. grinds to a halt for you, but I want to talk about it from the perspective totally. of how would it work? How would it work? So yep. clone, how could that happen now for people who have theories? I've seen a lot of theories that like, Hey, if this was a novel or even a TV show, that makes sense. Yeah. But for a two and a half hour movie, how do you establish in a quick fluid storytelling way, the whole backstory of, of clones mm-hmm. it's kind of part a and, and part B what as a character does Ray get out of facing a clone of herself?
4: Literally, a literal face Ray fighting a clone of herself. Yeah, yeah. If it really yeah. is, Palpatine
3: has some cloning technology. He saved himself, and he also he made a bunch of clones, mm-hmm. force sensitive clones from Anakin, different uh, the yeah. DNA of Terrace New Who cares? Uh, <laughs> and. And there's a, there's at least two of them, right? Ray
4: Prime versus Ray Two. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Man, uh, how I'm not interested. Am I in that? <laughs> yeah, but I want to drill down to why.
3: I think yeah. I I think I have ideas why, but I want to hear from you why, why you're kicking back so hard.
4: I because that it, it does go. Uh, I don't know. I would look at it as like fighting fighting your inner halves, your turmoil, uh, fighting potential and possibilities. I know I am intrigued if she finds out. The girl from nowhere, not only is the leader of the story, the hero of the story, is tied to the center of, of all the galaxy's evil. Not unlike Luke learning that Darth Vader yeah. was his father, because at the time, that was the center of the cinematic evil. You know, we we didn't know much about the Emperor then, yeah. in 1980. And now he's viewed as a Phantom So it, we... That would be actually deliciously repetitive for me. Of like, <laughs> oh, not only am I, I have this responsibility, I come from this, and how can I overcome that? And then a clone fighting her, fighting clone, and defeating herself in that regard. If this is where I take it, and that yeah. might be basically base level sci-fi. You know, Yoda fighting a shadow. Can you can you not be pulled in by yourself by yeah. your own your own desires? And if it's really manifested in that way, uh, you know, I'm not entirely interested in it. Yeah, but. I could see that's where I'd focus it on.
3: Yeah. I think for me, functionally, what I get tripped up on is, it it is just a lot of technical backstory. Mm. Um, Clones can veer a little bit more to the sci-fi than to Mm -hmm. the space fantasy. Not that, obviously, Star Wars has dealt highly in clones. Yeah, But part of that great Star Wars storytelling about clones is what trips me up on it. Because I feel like if the story is a battle of Rey against the dark side against the possibility of her own dark side. Mm -hmm. It's a little interesting to me to just literally externalize that. And instead of any sort of emotional journey of her facing her internal dark side, it's like, Nope, there is a version of you who is totally consumed by the dark side. I'm not sure what you get out of just making it a literal external Mm -hmm. battle. Mm -hmm. Um, Partially because the story of clones in star Wars is they're human. They're not a knockoff. They're not a copy from Kinko's in 1987 where the quality degrades. They are, as we learned thoroughly and beautifully in the Clone Wars animated series, they're humans with their own perspectives and journeys. So as soon as you add that, you are adding a brand new character to this movie.
4: Uh, I love that you brought that up. I also love that you kind of indirectly brought up Multiplicity, one of Michael Keaton's underrated comedies of the (laughs) 90s. I like pizza. Yes, yes. 100%. Hundred percent. The Clone Wars cartoon literally was one of the things that wanted to tell you was these killing machines created, bought, paid for, have feelings. They get hurt. They have thoughts. They overcome this. This is what we grow. Lo- they, they, they change. Grows. Fives and all those stories. Some of the great stuff in uh, season six and five. If you haven't watched them yet, and Rex. Why we love Rex. We're it's not Rex seven point one version. It it is a you know, this is clumsy, but like, it's a test tube baby, but it's a real baby. Right. So it's, so. If Rex dies, that's the only Rex, yeah. no matter how many
3: clones you make, that's so Rex.
4: A, a clone Ray is so, so boring to me, but I hate saying that because then if it is, I have to be open to what they're trying to tell me. Right. And, but you, but you already have, cause you've expressed yep. what would be intriguing would, to you about it. Thank you. Make me feel better about that. <laughs> but yeah, it would have to be. It, it, and I made this joke, I think, on council. But I don't want it to be Ray. Right. I want it to be Dora. I don't know. You yeah. know, it needs to be. You, what you just said, it is a new character.
3: It would be a new character. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's move on to Vision. So it's totally possible that this is just something that Ray sees for herself sees a different path that she could take there's a million different theories and i think a million legitimate ones about uh, finding some other dark side cave finding some other dark side tree Uh, it comes in contact with a you know a dark side thing possessed by the spirit of palpatine and it shows her any she could just meditate uh the our whole force ghost uh party could show up and show her this possibility a million different ways she could have the vision. But how does having a vision move the story forward if it's not an actual physical reality? It's just the possibility that this is where you could go if you make the wrong choices. I
4: I, I think it could move the story forward better if, it, if it's Kylo's vision in a way. Mm. If, if his quest for power or maybe even his quest for Rey. Shout out Reylo's. Maybe this is your moment. Yeah. I don't know. And he, this is something he wants, much like Vader he could be turned. He could be a great ally. You know, I oh, think wow. Vader. So I like the vision for Kylo. It works more for me. If, it, if it's Ray seeing herself, then we're back into wonderful, familiar territory of this is what could be. So is she tempted by that? Um, you know, and again, even look, breaking down the picture the, I know a lot of people said, ah, the picture doesn't even look. It's like a, it's like a Photoshop Daisy Ridley. Really. It's like, doesn't even look. That's why people are looking at clone or vision or that's all these theories are coming yeah. out. But as far as moving the story forward, I'm I, I really put the ball that ball in Kylo's vision.
3: That's really interesting. Almost uh you know, as much as Star Wars trades and lots of different uh pulp and pop culture and genre references, mm. it almost has this uh, sort of bride of Frankenstein mm. uh vibe of if it's from Kylo's perspective and he's like mm. I want Ray by my side.
4: Yeah. For whatever it doesn't even need
3: <coughs> to be romantic ma- for yeah. me, but, but like, will it yeah. make her more like me? What would what would it look like or feel like if Ray was like me? Yeah that's very interesting to frame it totally from kylo's perspective yeah but to me if we see it if it's a vision kylo has if it's a vision kylo is sharing with ray if it's Mm -hmm. a vision ray has for me it all does still boil down to the same thing of it is raising the specter of that possibility Mm -hmm. which raises the stakes so that when you are making when ray is making whatever you know ultimate choices she makes whatever climactic choices you feel that risk yeah right so because yeah. like just like with luke we we saw his the disturbing image of his face in vader's mask we saw the reminder that he has this mechanical hand a symbol of of violence a symbol of ask, uh, you know acting recklessly yeah and you're being reminded again and again that that is the way that he could go and if that's all this is if it's emotionally at stake for ray yeah. and she sees that and it just increases the stakes for us as the audience. To me, that's just fine.
4: It, it is fine. You, you, uh, you got me thinking of two different versions of of visions and and and, and, and the mention the Ur, the Luke one in Dagobah. Um, yeah, that's great, and and that's clear, and it's. I like the idea of simple storytelling in the sense of like she could've seen this. Then I go to Star Wars Rebels. And Palpatine involved in trying to seduce Ezra. His visions or world between worlds, magic, whatever you want to look at, is not what you could become. It's what you want, right? Yeah, so exactly. You want this, and he got Anakin in that way too. Another of 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 you don't want Padme to die. Possession's your problem, Ezra. Yours is the love of your family. Are you going to give that up forever? I am offering you that. So, does Ray have that? Does Ray have what? What does that vision? show her that you've always wanted is 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 it her parents <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah, you definitely. put on this cloak your parents are like great cloak like i, I that's <laughs> that's where i want the a vision
3: to go <clears throat> cool cool we will uh we'll talk more about this specifically of the mm. the how uh, and why uh, palpatine might manipulate her so another big theory out there is the palpatine possession if it is literally palpatine taking over her body and her mind uh how does that move the story forward and what does it mean for Ray? I'll, I'll jump in on this one first. Um, for me, I think this is, makes a l- I understand again, in a practical storytelling way, this one makes sense. It's how, how you make that happen so fast. Right, right, right. If that's literally her in a dark cloak and a, uh, put a blade put together quickly with not great crystals, we would imagine because her blade sure. is unstable as well. But I kind of kick back against that loss of autonomy. Mm hmm. And obviously, Palpatine mm-hmm. is a villain, but I think having her actually possessed by Palpatine takes our main character out of the story. Yeah. And to me, I'm, I am know that you you can sit down and have a debate about who is the actual protagonist mm-hmm. of this sequel trilogy. But right now, to me, the trailers are framing it as Rey is the ultimate hero. Mm-hmm. Ben's an incredibly important character, so is Poe, so is Finn. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the possibility, <clears throat> excuse me, some of my Dragon Con exhaustion <laughs> creeping coming. into my throat, uh, it it takes her out of the game. It takes away her autonomy. Yeah, what, how do you feel about a full Palpatine possession? Just Palpatine walking around in Ray's body.
4: It, it it works in a small, small, small dose, which it very well could be. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. All right, he'd be Indy becomes possessed, and you, you know, but the whole time it, it it might work a little bit more for Indiana Jones than this because it's like. You know it's not her. Anything he's doing in, in that movie, it's not him making the decision. What yeah. you're talking about. So uh, again, less interested in this idea. It, it, again, if it's if, if Palpatine, it, I, I I guess I push against it because I can't see her. Is he so powerful that that happens? Is it so? Is this Voldemort? Voldemort? Yeah. I said his name. We're dead. Uh, <laughs> taking over. Like Ray's not weak to me. Her. Kylo lost his first battle because he invaded her mind, and she fought back when she didn't have almost yeah. any skills. Um, is Palpatine stronger than Kylo on paper? But I don't know what form he's in again. Yeah. So that's that's why I'm not interested in it as much. Too, I, I keep saying I'm not interested in it until like I'm waiting for the right one. I I, I, uh, I don't want to sound like that, but um, yeah, I mean, it, I, it's just it's going to the it, it's almost play it's not intentional but because it's a dark movie but temple of doom it's almost played for laughs when indiana jones is possessed right and i don't want that yeah and i think
3: i think it's a great point about her overpowering kylo we saw that snoke was able to overpower her you know so i can imagine that palpatine might be powerful enough i can imagine that that's like yeah she Mm -hmm. she comes across the vader helmet and it is haunted or the wreckage of the death star is haunted and his Mm -hmm. he just Attempts to possess her Wispy blue things you know flying into Her her eyes like yeah great It it does track for me But I don't think it's interesting because it's not About her yeah it's not About everything the the trailers are telling us is every uh, Every generation has a legend You know it it, This will always be with you but this is your fight It makes it suddenly not about Her choices Mm -hmm. which goes back to George Lucas saying this is for 12 year olds this is a Morality tale this is what do you choose it's not if he's just taking over her body for a while, and yeah. then it's y- less interesting y- to me.
4: Which again, yeah, we're not doing this episode because we saw one second of a f- vision. We're doing this in response to everything that's come up about that. To like, okay, let's play this out because yeah. because uh, uh, you know it, it could be a fleeting moment, but but it sparks good conversation about what does Dark Ray mean, and that's why we're having it. And, and and I think of all of them, Palpatine possessing her. It, it, it's really flat. Yeah. Really flat. It works
3: as a, yeah. as a plot point, but it does not advance the character yes. to me. Uh, a mission. So this is we've got history of this in lots of Star Wars storytelling. Ray chooses to go to the dark side to accomplish a goal, mm. which is intriguing, but then it makes you ask a question like, well, what goal? And if it really is just I need to tap into the dark side because it's offering me something, why would she do an entire makeover? Why would mm-hmm. she get dark clothes and build a different lightsaber? Even Anakin, when he first accepts the dark side with the idea of just like, I need to immerse myself in the dark side so I can unlock this power to save people. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do an outfit change. He doesn't go get a different lightsaber. He just goes and immediately starts his yeah. uh, slaughter at the Jedi temple. Yeah. So a mission to me is interesting, but there's something about it that doesn't quite track when I imagine it.
4: Yeah, especially with the the outfit change, I, I can, I can get behind it to a point. It really does. All jokes aside, it does takes that takes me down a, a low path. Yeah, of if it's his redemption again, not even necessarily romantic, but just like their are connected, their deep connection, their yeah. deep connection, and I I must take this trip to save him. And what does it do? But it, to me. I'd rather him take that trip to save her and away. I don't even need them to save each other. I'm just yeah. spitballing down the, down this path. Uh I'm okay with it, but yes, it doesn't none of that lines up with that moment we're breaking down. Again, we're just breaking down a frame. I get it, but <laughs> nothing lines up with that. You're right. It's a choice. Yeah. Later on you you might bleed the blade. Now, I know they're, they're not necessarily under Sith protocol. Palpatine's not going to tell her to go find some castle and kill people and bleed the blade and all the stuff we learned in the comics, but like, it's a choice. Yeah, not what you wear. I'm intrigued. She's not undercover.
3: I'm intrigued by the choice that yes, Yes. I I might need to do this to kill Palpatine to save Ben to save the galaxy. Maybe I get it into my head that only hate can destroy such a hateful thing because Mm. his violence and his anger is the light doesn't have a answer to that so let me try this like it might be misguided so Mm -hmm. there's stuff about that mission idea that is interesting to me but it for me for myself it doesn't uh, it feels like a very long story to tell to get to the point where she's re-outfitted especially when jj abrams has said multiple times this is mainly a journey an adventure of our big heroes together
4: yes uh and 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 while you're talking like if let's say she does that, and you said long story like that, that is maybe something that would have happened at eight. Let's say she does that. I I would want there to be some sort of cost, damage, scar. Frodo needing to go to the Grey Havens because you know he went to dark places in the yeah. of it. Like then I'd want some kind of ramifications where I don't want her just to be. Went to the dark side. save the day. Yay. And and I don't think JJ and Chris Terry would write that kind of script. But, like, that's, I'd want there to be some cost.
3: Yeah. 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 I think that's a really good point. Uh, and then, of course, the last possibility is just, it's an actual fall. She makes a bad choice. And uh, I'm sure there are other uh, possibilities. But the last one on my list, uh, an actual fall. She makes some bad choices, mm-hmm. fully converts to the dark side. And, again, I think that's compelling, but doubt it for the same reasons of, that's a lot of story to tell.
4: A lot of story to tell. I, I doubted it in the last one simply because of marketing. I, I hate that, you know, that's a real world concern. I, I don't think storytellers shouldn't be concerned about it, but also at this, you know, when you're when you're a director of these big budget, you are a CEO of a, a company, a large company in motion, working for another large company. Yeah. Uh, you have to be, I think you'd have to be concerned of of her taking extra fault and staying there. Yeah. If it's used to redeem Kylo, I... It better make a lot of sense. <laughs> better make a lesson. Now, can, am I intrigued of her ending up the bad person? Yeah. Yeah. But again, I don't buy it. I don't think they do that with what, with the marketing and this trilogy. Um. So I don't know. I, I'm okay with the idea, but what again? So what is it? Is it, Oh, and now I understand why Luke wanted to turn off the force. Yeah. I messed up. Something happened. I this burden is too big. I didn't realize this,
3: how easy it is to fall. Yeah,
4: this is a way out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, let me fall to my knees. Cool.
3: Well, let's get let's get into that. That's that's the the juicy stuff that I really want to uh, mm-hmm. talk about. Is regardless of what it is, it does seem to indicate that this will be a tension point uh, yeah. in, in the story. So let's talk about why Ray would be tempted by the dark side. Uh, some of the things that popped into my mind that, that are. Classic that are tied to Star Wars, as J.J. Abrams has said, this is going to be a story mm-hmm. that is flowing out of the stories that have already come. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the fear of, of loss is huge. It's why Anakin falls. It's almost why Luke falls when Vader really puts the pressure mm-hmm. on, well, I'll turn your sister then. Yeah. It's, it is the classic. And Ray has been defined by, f- by feelings of abandonment mm. and then finding connection with Finn. Mm-hmm. And then finding connection with Han and Luke and Leia. And by this time, she'll have had plenty of time to make connection to Poe and Chewie and yeah. Rose. She has nothing but new friends to lose, yeah. which is a, a vulnerability, classically. Uh, she's also probably got a lot of anger mm-hmm. over her abandonment. Mm-hmm. We've seen that come out, the way she screams at that Praetorian Guard, that there is a well of just, mm-hmm. I've had a hard life, and I've had to literally fight for most of my life yeah, that there's just a wellspring of anger could mm. be just going back to classic Yoda because it's quicker and easier. And it, mm. you know, when Luke asks is like, is it stronger and a quicker, easier, faster to join you in a fight? Mm. And she is a warrior right mm. now living out a war. Mm. And there's also that possibility of, well, is there something in her past, some more detail to her parents that she learns that sets her, that puts her in more danger. That makes her more vulnerable.
4: As you're talking, my mind goes to the, what you just said. Does she learn something about her nature that just breaks her? Yeah, just breaks her. And the only answer is to run away from it all. And this is the solution presented to her. Do I see Ray doing that? No. But if it's a, it's a if if it's a broken character at that time, yeah, you know, Luke being broken. That's why I, I always I love what happens in the last Jedi or, or where actually Force Awakens because I love this idea of wow Luke's he broke, man. That's I I find inspiration from his returning from that. Yeah. Um does Ray experience that in a short compressed amount of time by learning something? Yeah. You know, and as like the abandonment feeling comes to play. Does does her love of her friends now and these connections that she does now have that Kylo's right in saying you're always looking for this. Yeah, it's she your greatest weakness. Yeah, greatest weakness. Uh, is that become her uh, fear of loss? Where if I, all right, I, if I switch, if I switch, you'll save my friends. I'll take that bet. You know. Yeah, I'll take that spiritual bullet for my friends. Yeah, it is that. It, I'm it, what makes sense for me that character. But it's like you go again seven and eight. What is Ray? needs, needs, her place. And then if that place comes from a spot that really upsets her or yeah. changes the game, yeah, I'm nowhere. I found my place. Your grandpa was sheave. Ah! You know, like, I, don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. This
2: is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you
3: yeah but is is that stuff more interesting to you when you start to think about here is what Lucas spent a lot of time developing this this great human morality tale mm-hmm. about how we'd fall to darkness not with yeah. red lightsabers, but just in our day-to-day lives of how we treat people of mm-hmm. we're we're afraid of looking foolish so we lash out at the person we assume is going to be cruel yeah. to us and then that just causes them to suffer and then you you're in this toxic relationship and you can boil down to like, a bad dinner with a friend (laughs) follows the same emotional trajectory is, you know, putting on the dark hood and having a red lightsaber. And it's this morality tale. And that's the question of what happens to you and how, how can you stop that?
4: I love, you mentioned Luke to me falls just a bit to protect Leia, Right. Right. And that's what they want. And that's why the emperor's cackling. And that's why he looks at his glove and oh, and throws down the blade. Right. That's that's it. That's the scene. That's why I love that scene. And 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 he doesn't put on a. He's already in black. What he doesn't suddenly, (laughs) uh, you know. I love that moment. That scream is Luke tapping into his anger. So is this? Does that work for me, Ray? With all the things we just talked about, maybe maybe she does discover her parents are and she does something. Palpatine's uh, world between worlds is not gonna. Be in this movie, folks. But if Palpatine gives her, here are your parents. Yeah. And now I'm going to kill them. No. It taps and that's why. And this is part of that vision sequence again. Going to your point of yeah, all that happens and she goes, hold on, I must get my cloak and red <laughs> lightsabers. That's why it doesn't work for me. Maybe there's a time jump.
3: You know, because there you who, go. Who know? You, you never know. You know, a lot of it depends yeah. on the plot engine that moves yeah. it. But yeah, but to me, it's like hey, there's a part of me that doesn't care. What I care about is this truth of her character and what it means to star Wars. What, what is the same Mm is what Anakin Luke went through and what is different because it is happening to her Mm -hmm. and because of who she is. Yeah. You know, there's that great line with Luke that a lot of people have been pointing out. It's like you, the darkness, I'm paraphrasing, but like Mm -hmm. the darkness showed you something you need and you went straight for it. Could she take that even farther and say like, like you were talking about lots of ideas of sacrifice
5: of,
4: Yeah.
3: yeah, I am just, her her great flaws is being maybe too selfless of mm-hmm. I'm willing to just give myself to the dark side. Cause I think we'll save people.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Classic storytelling will always tell you, no, that's no. The, the, the dark side is bad for a reason and you can't just dip your toe in. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be really interesting to me if she truly needs something and just really like, you know, I'm going to put myself through hell to get to the other side as a classic storytelling of realizing, that that this isn't actually a path to anything good. Yeah. It's just a lie. Just exactly the way Palpatine is lying of, like, look, all you want to do is save your wife from dying? Okay, Mm -hmm. well, you have to do some bad things, but then you'll come out to the light with saving Padme, and like, yeah, that's not what it's about. That's never what it's been about. If Palpatine had the power to save Padme, there's no way in hell he would have done it. Right.
5: Right?
4: Right. And right, to me, Ray has, you know, whatever she's picked up in those Jedi texts, she'd to me, she seems very savvy enough to know. Again, until you face it,
3: right? She's she's got book learning, but now she's got some horrible Palpatine street learning. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah and <laughs> to that do might be probably. It. And I'm intrigued by that in, in real life too. Of well, you have this thought, but let's see how it plays out in the real world. And you might still have that thought, but yeah, uh, work through it. Uh, so that is intriguing to me. It's intriguing to me. I just don't. Man, yeah. I don't want to say I don't want her to be tempted at all because that's kind of boring. I do want the tension. Like you said, this is definitely point. And they also show the training clip where she looks a little aggressive, right? Yeah, like she is frustrated. Yeah, frustrated.
3: Yeah, yeah. So it seems like you've got this raw power. You've accepted it that you are the leader and you are the hope. But now you have all this anger and all these mm-hmm. issues and you can't let go of your past. Mm-hmm. And that is just a massive danger to a manipulator like Palpatine. Yeah. That's, that's the juicy stuff to me. Yeah. And I can see so many different reasons she might fall. Just like all of us might fall, mm. in particular if we have insane levels of power, yeah, in, and therefore insane levels of responsibility. Mm. Um, do you think Ray? There's a possibility that Ray just wants to embrace her be- her darkness to understand Kylo Ben better, or to even just understand the nature of the Force. She's read these books, mm-hmm. according to Yoda. They're kind of dry. Mm. They're good book learning, but mm-hmm. she really wants to understand, and she can't understand how to defeat Palpatine, how to possibly save Ben or defeat Kylo, unless unless she truly understands what's behind door number two.
4: It just doesn't seem to work for me in that character. Uh, again, I think she's too smart for that. Uh, but it's realistic. It's real, I, I just, uh, a long time ago, ex-girlfriend had a drug problem. You know, it began. Yeah. Her brother had a drug problem. She says, I couldn't understand why he was throwing our family away, so I started to f- meet him at his level. And It cost her, you know. Yeah, um, she recovered and she's still left him well. But so uh, that's realistic if it's if it's frame right. Yeah, um, if it's like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn what's making you tick, Ben. Like you know, and I know you're not asking that question. Is is your theory? But like, it's less interesting to me. But there is a realistic side. Tying it to Palpatine, maybe? Yeah. Does Kylo convince her? There's a connection there. I remember. Even, I think, uh, Adam Driver, in a rare moment of talking about a movie he's in (laughs) about Star Wars, said, "Eh, there's a bigger connection there.
3: Yeah. That they are bonded through the Force. And is that,
4: hold my hand, we're going to jump to the dark side to defeat Palpatine? Okay. Yeah. I still don't know how it relates to an outfit change right away. Yeah. That, yeah, that, it, it is really interesting how much is
3: emerging that that is a sticking point. It really for is. For you and I. And again, the engine of this movie might be entirely different. Totally. That's always what we don't know. Like The Last Jedi, we didn't know the engine of the movie is yeah. the Resistance can't get away from the First Order. Right. So yeah, yeah. knowing the plot engine changes things. But for right now, it does seem like all of these emotional things are compelling. But how do you get to the costume change?
4: It's a, yeah, it's a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that's a big thing. This is why I'm curious. I'm so curious. Believe yeah. me, I'm so curious of what this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a two second vision. Yeah because JJ JJ controls every frame of every trailer he puts yeah. out and and he is increasingly becoming more grumpy about this movie he just wants you to watch it yeah so they chose this for a reason so that i that doesn't leave my mind either yeah i think there's a positive, oh, go ahead. but but a repre- but it does what this what i'm loving about this conversation is it represents all these possibilities for the characters yeah. mindset and, and intention and choices so hold my hand. We're going to defeat Palpatine. And this is the only way to do it. Does she fall for it? No. Does she decide that I'm going to do this? I don't want, I don't want Ray to fall for a lot of things. I want Ray to be like, okay, give me the cloak. Yeah. We'll go do it. Yeah. This is why I'm not writing the script. <laughs> Let me pitch this to you.
3: Uh, kind of the second part of what we are talking about. Not, not that she's not interested in the dark side to embrace Kylo, mm. but to just embrace the dark side, uh, To fully know herself. Like we all have light and darkness Mm. within her. She seems to be, according to the movies and some of our wise heroes, uh, or Snoke at least, the the vessel that the light side has chosen. Yeah. Um, I can imagine it's the first act. She's training with Leia. Mm. She is showing all this aggression and frustration. And there's this uh, idea that the Jedi of old said, hey, don't open any doors that even peek at the dark side in this real sort of Mm -hmm. just deny it. It's Mm -hmm. bad. Don't even look at it, which is we all know if you've ever been told not to do something, (laughs) you know, that's that right there is probably why most teenagers ever smoke (laughs) or vape because don't even (laughs) don't Don't even. And you want to know for yourself. Yeah. You want to know what you're capable of. You want to know what that feels like. I could absolutely see this as an act one. Ray meditates and Ray opens herself up to, I have this anger, I have this rage, I have this fear of loss, I I have this need to know my truth, where will it take me? And she sees this vision, and then she is carrying that baggage throughout the film.
4: Love that. Oh, wow, I love this. And what if, it in terms of just mechanics... What if that's how she first learns that Palpatine's out there in the galaxy? She senses it because she's exploring the dark side. Yes. Yeah. And now every choice is in the movie. She knows if, wait a minute, door A, door B are in front of me, and it could just be which spaceship to get on. Yeah. Yeah. If I choose wrong, one of them might lead me to that path. Oh, no. What do I do? And what's the risk? And do I still go forward? Worst choose your adventure ever? Most yeah. stressful choose your yeah, adventure ever? Yeah. yeah. And this is a little Ooh. bit of Dagobah Cave, Luke, of a little bit of like yeah. not knowing. He didn't know. He, he, he's, wait, wait a minute. He but, was told not to bring his weapons in. Yeah. didn't listen. Yeah, yeah. He would have yeah. had
3: a different vision without his weapons. <laughs> I do want to know what that vision would have
5: been.
3: <laughs> dancing in Cloud City with Ug Ice cream with good side Anakin.
4: <laughs> uh, there's these little teddy bear creatures that we're dancing with. And dad's alive. So if early on, Leia and and suddenly Ray. Ray Ray instead of these are your first steps. Yeah. It's that? Yeah. And now, oh, no, what does that even mean? And Good. then Kylo comes along. Oh, I'll tell you what it means. Do you want this? Yeah. 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 Your journey is a long yeah. one. It journeys oh, yeah. ahead. yeah.
3: I mean, yeah. If she starts just kind of communing with his voice, not understanding what it is, <laughs> she her communing uh, yeah. cracks cracks open the existence of it to Kylo that motivates them going after the MacGuffin where they're both like have an epiphany to, you know, cut screen to two eyes popping open at the same time, realizing there's something of immense power and they both start running
4: toward it. Grace and I have been hooked on this long-running but stupid show called Ghost Adventures. (laughs) Ghost bros searching things. Uh, There is often with their spirit box, they pick up a voice. Whoa, bro, what does that mean? So what if Kylo's like, I'll tell you what it means. My grandfather's boss is back. Yeah. Holy moly, let's go get him. Yeah. And Ray's like, no, I can't. And there's a race yeah. and, and he uh, now there's some weight to the, the idea of a vision if it, if it's a warning, a possibility that hangs over her. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, very interesting. Yeah, you got me excited. You oh, good, good, you, you, good. You always do that. Cracked the
3: code. Uh, cracked the yeah. Ken code. Um, yeah. You you touched on this, and I want to touch on it a little bit uh, more, mm-hmm. of how Palpatine, Palpatine might go about manipulating her, but in particular, like with Ezra, um, like with Anakin, I even think with Luke, he was kind of offering something that Luke at different points in his life wanted. Mm-hmm. Luke starts off being a Jedi to be like his father and mm-hmm. defeat the bad guy, Darth yeah. Vader, who killed his father. Even Obi-Wan is telling him in Return of the Jedi, like, just kill him. It's the only way. So, yeah. so Palpatine is kind of offering Luke something he wants in that throne room scene of like, haven't you always wanted to just kill him? Yeah. He cut off your hand. He tortured your sister, his own daughter. Wouldn't it feel good to just kill him? Isn't that kind of what you want? Yeah. It's not on the nose, but it is offering something that Luke has wanted at times.
4: Oh, absolutely. And the confusion of, of, you know, adventure. You know, I, Yeah. Jedi, not crazy. So it all, what you're saying, all comes to this head of you wanted, to, you want the excitement of killing this guy yeah. you're trying to kill. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I don't. That's not what I want. That's not. People yeah. Lightsaber down. Yeah. What's that version for Ray? Yeah. 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 So what? What is it that she
3: wants so bad that he could offer her?
4: To me, it's not simple power. Yeah. Because she, she's got that. She's got it. She's she's the Jedi now. according yeah. to People and again, we'll see if. Broom kid and other people come to play. It's Mary Black. Poor Jason Sindela out there, <laughs> Jason, getting ignored. Jason said, uh, "Emperor pulls back a curtain. This is Tamari Black. Um, he's ten and he's my apprentice. Um, it's not straight power, but like, uh, again, the sense of belonging, purpose, and." I don't know. I so if she goes, if she oh okay, I'm Ray from nowhere. That's my, who I am, and I am. It's my battle now, and I'm leading, and everything's great. There's some trials. Kylo's around. What's going on? And the Palpatine shows him goes. You you. What you really wanted was to belong to these folks, right? To this family. To your. Yeah. I've got your purpose. You don't need all that. You wanted, you've always wanted this, and now yeah. I'm offering it. Much like Ezra.
3: Yeah, they're using you for your yeah. power. You're just the Jedi to them. Yeah. I am your true family. Come on, yeah. Ezra.
4: You want to sit with mom and dad and have a bite to eat? Talk yeah. about your day at school stealing fruit on Lothal. You know? <laughs> you know Jogon, <laughs> Stealer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's repetitive a little bit, but again, uh, it's okay. Um,
3: I expect and want yeah. a little bit of poetry
4: in Absolutely. this you know
3: Absolutely. i want her to to face yeah what ha, what others before her have faced and have a new solution
4: yeah because that's what you get power no peace certainly but they all want to win this war yeah. So again does palpatine say here's how you can win it yeah does kylo say here's how we can win it maybe but i love the idea of a complication in in her place in this world yeah just as she starts to think i have yeah i have
3: it I think the thing that's interesting to me, and it it does tie a little bit to Ezra, it does Mm -hmm. tie a little bit not functionally to World Between Worlds, but conceptually. Yeah. Because I agree with you. I just I love the World Between Worlds. And again, if it was just a a novel building on everything, I think it makes perfect sense. I think in the context of a movie, I don't think Mm -hmm. the World Between Worlds is a big answer. But just thinking of like what could Palpatine offer her, could could he if it's true or a lie, could he say through through the dark side, you can change the past. Yeah. Your parents don't abandon you. Han doesn't die. Luke mm-hmm. doesn't die. Finn's never abducted and forced into this like there's something about mm. about Rey where she can't like is it that she can't let go of the past is that her her true weakness her search for belonging and if it was just like I'm going to who who among us would not be tempted by a dark seduction when you're just offered to all the things that ever caused you pain cause the ones you love pain.
4: Yeah. Do you want to wipe it
3: away with a hand?
4: I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Again, it, 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 there's some, the world between world stuff. Let's put it on this nice, neat artistic pedestal. But, but if Palpatine can, you, you get, time travel. We both agree time. work a little complicated for us in Star Wars. Yeah. So I'm okay with it in other places, but Yeah. You can go back to zero. And
3: I don't mean like teleport like, uh, you know, Avengers End Game. Like, here's this serum. Right, I mean right. that he's just the dark side is a path to unnatural things, things that shouldn't be done. Mm-hmm. The past is the past and the future is the yeah. future. And, and you are in the now, I think, is one of the huge lessons of Star Wars. So that's what makes this yeah. an unnatural seduction, right? So that's why it's interesting to me because it's something that the dark side would claim. The yeah. dark side is all about holding on and possessing and yes. not
4: letting go, right? It's what, literally tightening your body. What a lesson to children. Yeah. Of you are going to experience loss, defeat, and failure. And that's part of this journey. And and the temptation to sidestep all of that is 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 is, is tempting, but it's it's not what you need. Yeah. So Ray do you just is this big enough? Is this big enough a concept? Yeah, I think so. How do you again? How do you execute it, Ray? I can offer you back to zero, man. Another yeah. plane of existence. None of this happens. You're happy. I'll tell you what. You still get to meet Han. He's cool. Yeah, Luke. You like Luke? I'll keep him. Yeah. There's some. There's some something interesting there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think. Yeah. You, you get. It's big. Tripped up on the functionality, it's but if big, there's it's there's big. a good visual idea to it, but thematically it really it speaks mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. um, the there's been a big thing to me in star wars about the difference in combat so like not what you do but <clears throat>
5: mm-hmm.
3: why and how you do it yeah. so the jedi fight in defense and the sith attack and when jedi screw that up that it it causes them to make mis- mistakes mm. and th- this was interesting to me from dark side ray because she has grown up in violence to defend herself yeah she She's not going around Jakku that we know of in canon, stealing other people's scavenger finds. She's building a stick when she's, what, seven, ten, we don't even know, to defend herself because everybody has to, because everybody's trying to take things from you. right? So she's coming out of this place like, I'm very familiar with violence, but mostly from a defense place. Could some of her fall to the dark side just be the temptation to use power in an aggressive manner to go, hey, I'm pretty sure you're going to do something, evil in a few minutes so i'm gonna proactively kill you i'm gonna go on the attack rather than the higher ground of defense
4: it i think i think you, you a lot of people could struggle with that and storytelling and 11 i think that's i'm really intrigued by it, it, it it's it is uh it is the the that, the that great part of that Battlefront 2 sequence with Luke and, and Del Mico.
3: Right. They gave me a choice.
4: So, you gave me a choice. Stormtroopers didn't. That's why I attacked them and yeah. pressed my X button and killed them. <laughs> it, and I know uh, uh, Mitch Dyer and I think Walt Williams who put that sequence together, particularly Mitch Dyer, that's what they wanted to. Like, how do you justify it? It's, yeah. It's, and, and, and. Jedi taking rank in armies, and they probably needed to do that. It seemed like the good fight. It seemed like they were defending the Republic from separatist attacks, but they weren't ultimately. Even even when it's wrong, maybe it's right for a little bit. So I 100% see Ray questioning that. Yeah. Why would it be wrong if I needed to defeat Kylo and Palpatine? Yeah. Let me, it's not wrong, let me do it. Oh, I have a black cloak.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Even go to like the specificity yeah. of Anakin killing Dooku. Yeah. It's like if they were in a straight fight and Obi-Wan got a shot, he'd just take Dooku's yeah. head off because in his heart, it's yeah. in defense. It's He is a Sith attacking us. He's a Sith attacking right. the galaxy. He needs to, to stop. What makes it this violation is because he's he's defeated. defeated. And and Palpatine is, is encouraging him to do it, for vengeance mm-hmm. he hurt you he cut off your arm it's natural that you would want to act like that mm-hmm. so you get down to even those like you know the jedi are like they have this idea of the only thing you can't tolerate is intolerance
5: yeah. and
3: the sith are intolerant so w- when you have to you kill them yeah. but for anakin it's a step towards darkness because of what is in his heart and the reason he takes that violent action at least that's that's my no, spin on it. No,
4: no, I think that it totally, totally. And and, and and then it becomes easier, right? Yeah. Right, James James Bond. The first kills the yep. yep. It's the second kill <laughs> second kill's easier. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Considerably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome I mean, to us. Quote, uh, I, Casino Royale. Yeah, I need to I love the Daniel Craig Bond. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's something to that. I, I think she's already proven, man. I mean, and, and part of eight the 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 lesson we didn't see, or the 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 Lamu uh, uh, the, the caretaker party we didn't see.
3: Oh yeah, you know the, that
4: that's part of that.
3: Yeah, the Lene caretaker. The Lene, yeah, yeah. I
4: call them Lamus <laughs> it's, it's been a while. It's been a week. I understand. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and that I think that could come down to the ultimate uh, fate of of Ben of. Will she kill to kill? Or even like yeah. I don't know how you'd get there, but wouldn't that be a great scene of if Kylo does relent and he's like, "You're right, you're right. I I need to go to the light." Mm-hmm. And she's like, you, "Even though you've accepted the light and renounced Kylo, I'm still i tempted to kill you."
4: Yeah, which yeah. would
3: clearly like be wrong. Or we get to we get to ask those questions, right? So
4: now you're going into Luke and his visions or his retelling of uh, of killing,
3: ben. right? Oh yeah, and that's a great connection too. If if you know, can you trust him? Will he not fall again? Is he too dangerous to be kept alive? Getting back to Mace Windu and and Palpatine For in fun. Revenge of the Sith is yeah. even if Kylo totally reforms and he says, "I'm Ben. I'm Ben. I helped defeat Palpatine. Yeah. It was so wrong. I feel such guilt. I will never do this again."
4: Yeah.
3: It, you know, is she pressured to take his? tempted to take his head? Yeah. Even after he has laid down arms, which is not. A Jedi thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. A um, couple more questions. I know this is getting to be a long episode, uh, so we'll wrap it up here quickly. Uh, I was looking at Yoda's quote about lost Ben Solo, you did, lose Rey, you must not. When I heard that in Last Jedi, to me, it just had this great specificity of what was going on in Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Rey is asking Luke to be a hero. Rey needs the inspiration, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. So it just, in context of Last Jedi, it seemed about Luke's choice in the moment, which mm-hmm. it absolutely is. But that's interesting if episode nine is going to be the threat of Ray falling, mm. that we already have Yoda saying, like, hey, you know, Ben Solo fell. Ray could, too. And then we're really screwed.
4: I take that pretty seriously. I take that that sentence, uh, the, the, these two sentences seriously. Um, again, it's not permanent, but again, it's Ben's lost. Leia says it later on. I know my son is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and lose Ray must not. So now we're now we're really getting into Luke's purpose in nine. Yeah. Which I'm curious about. Yeah. Uh, what, what is Mark Hamill tweet? Hashtag Luke. The
3: spook. Luke the spook seemingly confirming yeah. that he's appearances a, a force ghost. Force ghost.
4: And, and can we see him do, you know, do something big and spectacular to, yeah. to save Ray or to inspire her one more? I don't know. But but uh, I think it's important. I think it's important to to her being even tempted by the dark side or having a vision, it would carry some relevance to, to this moment. Yeah. And, and I like that connection. Yeah. I don't the, know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I want Luke to do or that's a whole different show, but I, yeah,
3: I do. I do think
4: Anakin's going to appear.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's every possibility that Yoda is going to appear. Maybe the voice of Obi-Wan, maybe the voice of Qui-Gon. Yeah. And to me, there's something interesting about them saying like, let's, Hey, if you want to commune, we'll, we'll show you. Yeah. We'll show you the darkest possibility. So you're ready to face that, you know. I think they're really gonna guide her. But I'm really curious to see if that Yoda line comes back with more relevance of like, no, it's a it's a real big risk and we have to without making decisions for her, we have to be there for her mm-hmm. and help her is really interesting to me. Uh so final question here. If Yoda is right and students do surpass their masters, what could Ray achieve that that no Jedi has accomplished before? Can she find a way to truly destroy the emperor without destroying herself. Because even Luke didn't face mm. that challenge. He made the right choice in putting down his blade.
4: Yeah. And, you know,
3: you, you can describe it as a team effort, because without that, Anakin would not have made the choice that he did. Right? It was a sacrificial, sacrificial choice. He died doing it. Mm. So what can Rey do to surpass the masters of the past? Yeah,
4: without removing any tension or conflict within herself, like this idea of... of not falling or doing it right. Of, and Luke's the coach on the sideline going, ah, <laughs> you did it. You did it. You didn't have to take the loss I did or everything. Uh, Anakin going, Oh good. You're still alive. Good. Uh, but it's got, I'm looking for more of an emotional answer. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not hitting it right now. Um, but it's a great question. Cause that's where this kind of, not specifically tied to that line, but it's a key scene of, La- of last Jedi, obviously. Um, I want it to kind of have some emotional connection to that. Yeah. I don't know the answer. Yeah. Because then I just think of boring things of, (laughs) you know, clean victory. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. To me, fatality. I think in a way there are things that like I'm happy not to be able to make a super accurate guess because this is the way storytelling should go. There should be parts of it that because of the way the story is being told, because of what's at stake. Yeah. We can imagine lots of different possibilities, but we we truly don't know until it is framed by the storyteller, mm-hmm. what the story might be. But I, I do love the idea of her tapping into larger powers than we've seen. You know, Yoda, we see Yoda do some, like, light side stuff that's like, okay, clearly not everybody knows how to just absorb force lightning into yep. a glowing ball in your hand and make it go away. Like, clearly the light does have even more power to, like, Mm-hmm. not be violent but to cast a shadow and you know or to to cast yeah. out light and light chases the shadows away like is there is there something where she can just use the power of the light side to defy yeah. the darkness that is palpatine you got to be careful with that so it doesn't just get kind of too hand-wavy but yeah. um something where she like Luke does like Luke mm-hmm. surpasses what Obi-Wan thinks is possible i would love to see Ray do that and get to this sort of she, next level because we're all, we're also yeah. ending this story.
4: She force-transports but she's actually
3: there.
4: <laughs> she she force-projects force projects, into yeah. Dark Clone
3: Ray and yeah. 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 Uh,
4: but I, I think you're right. Yeah.
3: I think in a larger uh, mm. uh, idea wrapping up themes uh, Yeah, I love that Phantom Menace has these themes of just simple themes of symbiosis of we all need each other mm-hmm. and being kind is what's needed in the galaxy. Like yeah. If if we kind of if we get into those themes, if we get to a point where the kind of the moral endpoint of Star Wars is her accepting a little bit of darkness, accepting that she's always mm. going to have baggage about so. her past, maybe even accepting mm. Palpatine's not gone. An evil like Palpatine is never gone forever. Right? I, you know, maybe he's not dead, and you know what? I'm okay with that because you have to be okay with the fact that the dark side is always there, and it is always going to return and the light always has to be there to keep keep the darkness in check so we have true balance if she kind of gets to some sort of real place of like we won today
5: Mm
4: -hmm.
3: and tomorrow is another battle in a hopeful way not a pessimistic way
4: that is really interesting because we're wrapping up this saga this this series and people struggled with luke for many reasons okay yeah Uh, um I'll go to some that I know personally with some friends who were like, "Well, he's the greatest hero," and, and I'm like, "Yeah," and he and he had problems still because that's realistic, and and some people just don't want that. Yeah. So the, this idea that not just Ray but everyone comes to this end, led by Ray, going, yeah. "We've won now. Let's stay vid- vigilant," and there could be more problems. We're we're gonna dance with Ewoks, but it's not the end. Yeah. Uh, how do you? You know, that's an emotional ending that makes sense for the nine movies. Yeah, I don't know how you put it on screen. Right. Again, not Chris Terrio, <laughs> um, but that makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah, really does. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see if they'll they'll go to those kind of places, um, yeah. or or if we get a a large montage of. <laughs> Every creature we've ever met. We get Porgs dancing. dancing. Back to the caretaker party. Well, that's where our discussion left left us. uh, From what Dark Ray could mean, how it could happen, to will there be a caretaker dance party.
4: (laughs) That was a great one. I needed that. Some great possibilities. Now... Excited for things that might happen, and uh, not that I wasn't before. Not any of the theories that you tweeted us or sent us were bad. Some of them, I'm like, I look at it and I go, "That's awesome! Yeah. I could have thought of that." I just, it's not sitting right with me, and and, and I don't know the answer still, and and that's part of this fun. Yeah, but I have some things on my mind that I want to see now. Good. I love that. Thank you, Joseph. Hope you all enjoyed that. We're gonna go to some audience questions, like this one from John Salvatore Risi. John calls in a lot to the afternoons. Hey, John, what are some of your favorite small or minor scenes? For me in The Force Awakens after the Battle of Takodano when Chewie is getting patched up and the Doctor strokes his ego, that sounds very scary. You you must be so brave. And Chewie (laughs) Roars gets me every time LOL, Dr. Colonia, right? Yeah. Uh, Downton Abbey cast member, I do believe. (laughs) Um, That's a great moment. What are some of your favorite small scenes? Uh, I think in in
3: that same spirit uh, Chewie deciding not to finish eating the pork. Will you cook the pork? Not to take that bite. Because that's yeah, just like yeah. a small, fun grace note. Like, it, yeah. its only function is to really show is that Luke's sneaking on board the Falcon. Otherwise, it's there yeah. for flavor, much like that. Like, okay, that maybe that Dr. cloning moment is there so people didn't go like, well, why is Chewie's arm not hurt? But it's mostly yeah. a flavor moment. And that's another, I think, just great flavor moment.
4: One uh, of my little flavor, I'll stick with Chewie, as uh, Chewie seems to be the flavor of the day. <laughs> uh, I love uh, in uh, Force Awakens... Uh, the Rattar sequence, which you know, again, I'm on. Uh, Rattar is not my favorite, but the sequence has some of my favorite dialogue and moments. Uh, when Hans talking about Leech and two times and he looks over to Chewie, and Chewie got like, yeah, yeah, man, two times, <laughs> and then and the same in Force Weekends again or a little earlier. When uh, you're Han Solo, the, the great war hero. No, you're the great smuggler. Turn to Chewie, chewy, cutters. cutters, like, I don't know. Yeah. He's a lot of things. I don't know. I just love those little moments. Those are the little actions all through that I love. Yeah, yeah, those are great. Yeah. Uh, John, great stuff there. Christopher Lamb writes, not many are talking about Han's presence in The Rise of Skywalker. We still don't know why Ben hated him so much, which I think is important to understand Ben's character. Would you like some more explanation and how you would how would you like JJ to give Han's character closure to end the saga? Okay, Christopher, this is a good question here. Where do you want to start with this, Joseph? Because I don't I don't I, I think I have an understanding of why Ben Solo hated Han. Uh yeah. But it might be from a lot of supplemental material too, and not everyone reads those.
3: Yes. I feel like for myself I have an understanding, but I think it does require you to take Mm-hmm. Little bits and pieces in infer like yeah. if, you, if you're just going with the Force Awakens, you know I think that seeing a couple things mm-hmm. of like Han saying I went back to what I was best to smuggling mm-hmm. tells you I wasn't great at being a father. Right, uh, Leia saying I shouldn't have sent him away. That's when I lost you both. Mm-hmm. Tells you okay, there was a real disconnect with his parents. Yeah. He might have felt kind of just shuttled off to boarding school with his uncle Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, when Ray is when when he's got Ray in the interrogation chair. Mm. and says he would have disappointed you yeah it's a pretty just clearly he didn't feel seen Mm. loved appreciated by his father and then if you want to you go to the novels where we get Mm -hmm. just straight up in last shot where han's just like i don't know what to do with the baby i want to teach him how to shoot a bat blaster because that's the only thing i know but he's an infant yeah what do i do with this like han tried yeah but he's not a great dad. And then you go to bloodline where you realize his parents that he's already struggling to live up to. Mm. Didn't tell him the truth. He feels, uh, I think he feels lied to and abandoned Mm. and that gets manipulated by Snoke. Maybe Palpatine in a helmet. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, But it's, it's just a little, to me, I don't think there is a thing. I don't think it's like on my seventh birthday, you X, you did this act. I think it is this slow building, feeling of it's impossible to live up to these galactic heroes they don't love me they're afraid of me they Mm -hmm. ship me away they doubt me and then some other figure comes in and goes yeah yeah that's right concentrate on that Anger, your yeah. anger is right, and it grows and grows and grows. Yeah,
4: you are you are the son of two celebrities, and everyone thinks they're just the bee's knees. And you know that he ain't perfect, and yeah. mom's made some mistakes, and 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 then top it off, they hide the fact that you're tied to the greatest evil uh, in the galaxy, and you're like, well, why? What what are you keeping from me? Is it a power I could have? You got man in the gold robe coming yeah. by, maybe more that that all tracks and falls to that moment yeah but it starts particularly with han of yeah disappointment yeah clearly yeah um do you need more closure for han in episode nine well you know what i would like is
3: han closure from kylo's perspective um again i don't know exactly how you would construct it but i feel like uh, one of the moments that i do like in han's death is even after his son Mm -hmm. has murdered him all han has to offer is just to reach up and touch his face and just be like almost immediately going like i still love you yeah, I still love you, kid. I, I, if Kylo does have some sort of redemption, mm-hmm. if it could be tied to that moment, if it could be tied to look, you know, yeah, your father struggled being a good father, but he tried to reach you. Yeah, and even after you did the most unspeakable thing, he still loved you. And if that could make a difference to Kylo, that would be great to me. And I think would would uh, celebrate the spirit of Han, and as as you say, mm-hmm. the emotional canon of Han Solo
4: yeah because uh, upon reading this question uh, earlier today when I got the, got it uh, from Joseph, I was like, ah no yeah Han, to me he had some good closure but again, what's beyond just the headline there exactly what you described It'd be I want Kylo to have to deal with the fact that he killed his father. I don't know what I mean by that yeah, a sentence a moment does he break down crying I killed my dad I don't know if I need that, but it's there, right yeah and if you're gonna have any redemption, that's why if you talk to people in the real world, what do you think about Kylo being redeemed? Hell no. He killed my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So he has to have, there has to be some kind of reckoning and what you're describing is pretty powerful. I killed him and he still loved me. Oh no. Is, can Kylo forgive himself, overcome that? Does that destroy him? But if it ends up saving him and Han, yeah. Han's mission in that moment, go get our son.
3: It's successful. A it's couple successful. years down the road is powerful to me. I don't need it because I still think it's a triumph for yeah. Han that he did that.
4: Yeah, yeah. But I think we yeah. would
3: make it even more powerful.
4: There you go. Christopher, great question. Great thought starter. From Patreon we go. We got David Nethelkamp. Does c 3 Bo's red eyes have to deal with the last shot novel where this, uh, where the phalix uh, programming that provides a kill order to all droids across the galaxy? The droids have crimson or red eyes when they have received the kill order. It is within the realm of possibility. Is it within the realm of possibility that the Death Star or something else is a signal that will turn all your <laughs> droids against you? This is the fear and nightmare we might be living in in a real-world situation. That's right. So, David, this is a great question. Last Shot, Daniel Jose Older wrote a, a, a pretty darn good book, a lot of droid stuff in there, L337 and everything. Um, all this is in the realm of possibility, but I, yeah. I don't see it necessarily connecting up.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the this is more likely to me than some of the other more twisty stuff, because yeah. you don't have to have read Last Shot for right toe to just say like, Hey, I downloaded this old software called the phalanx program, mm. which, you know, turns any droid into a warrior and we're all out of warriors. I'm I'm going to flip the phalanx switch. You don't have to read last shot. You just yeah. get it. You, get, you it. get it. Or, I mean, if Hux is out there trying to develop every technological Terry has, this seems like a real, a hole move yeah. on Hux's yeah. part. Like <laughs> I, I can basically beam a, a killer <laughs> droid and they're all going to turn red and kill yeah. the resistance from within. That seems like a Hux move. There's a lot to me that, yeah. um, uh, Rose we we always forget Rose's high end tech. Yeah. And I think that's what she's going to be doing in the movie. I think she's going to be as a the Spider-Man uh movie oh, canonized yeah. it uh person in chair, you know, <laughs> uh the doing doing the tech doing from the remote. Tech. Is this a is yeah. this a Rose special that she rediscovers this old Phalanx program and yeah. weaponizes yeah. you know, uh 3PO
4: yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah.
3: Weaponizes, or, uh, you know, a uh, Buford, <laughs>
4: yeah. or has to reverse it. Reverse yeah, has it. to
3: reverse it. Yeah, who knows which direction it's coming yeah. from? But I, I, I don't know. That's I think fun. this might be one of those things where, like, yeah, maybe the uh, maybe the idea was there, and maybe mm-hmm. this is a point where the story group could go like, well, that idea is happening anyway. Just call the program failing.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's what the story group does? Great question, David. Hey, uh, Sean Passano closes out says, "What are the chances that Admiral Radis could make an appearance in the Cassian Andor series?" Well, gosh darn, I hope so. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Um, he's part of the leadership. Uh, I, I, all those, Mon Mothma, Bale, all these yeah. characters. I really do actually hope we see them, especially my, my guy Raddus.
3: Yeah. The, the, yeah, the odds are 100% in my heart. I yeah. want it to be. He'd be a great character to revisit. I uh, think probably better odds that we see Draven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would love Raddus. Yeah, that'd be great. I think it's. I think that's totally on the table.
4: And it would help people who aren't as uh, in love with Rogue One as others to see, like, oh, we're getting more of the inner workings of the rebellion and the formation of yeah. it costs and everything. Great questions. Sean, David, Christopher, John, if you have questions for us or comments on today's episode or you want to tweet us some more Ray theories but with the emotions of the character and the stakes involved, let us know. On Twitter at Force Center Pod. use the hashtag Force Center. like our Facebook page. Website is available at net. We have public. Merch available at com slash user slash force center. Uh, tweet us some pics. We'll share it. Go Speculate Responsibly and a Speculate Responsibly t-shirt. Podcasts (laughs) available in a lot of spots including Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. We're on YouTube. Encore presentations of certain episodes are up there. Our animated databank brawl by Brian Ward, Kevin Smets' Force Ghost Party. It's up there from a clip from one of our shows. A lot of things going on there. And Patreon, Joseph, we're always building towards goals over there.
3: That is right. Uh, We're gonna look at uh, some of the goals we got coming up and uh, do a little bit more promotion of specific goals and see what excites everybody out there. Thank you all for supporting us. If you're uh, interested in learning more about it, you can go to patreon.com slash force center.
4: We got our own stuff going on. You can go follow me at Ken Napsok or go to my website, kennapsok.com to get information on my book, Why We Love Star Wars. The audio book is out. Live shows, comedy in Washington, D.C. in mid-November. Uh, live at the Belly Room in the Comedy Store. Comedy Store September 12th just added uh, my return to the Belly Room. That's like going back to Jabba's <laughs> Palace, I'll tell you that. <laughs> in the, uh, Rancor in the Rancor pit. In the Yeah, I Actually, yeah, it's more like a Billy Rooms so the Rancor uh, <laughs> and then uh, locally Millennium Pro Wrestling on September six. If you're listening and local, Joseph, you uh, you're back from Dragon Con, but I, I can't imagine you're stopping.
3: No, I'll never stop. Work, work, work. Uh, but I do have some fun new things. Uh, I recorded a new comedy album. Uh, it's called Joseph Scrimshaw versus Time. It is a year of my life with a story or a joke or a bit for every month. There's lots of good Star Wars things in it. Uh, I recorded it live at Convergence. When Went really well, except yeah. for the recording. And then I was like, uh, I can't I can't put it out. Yeah. And then I was just like, No, damn it uh i'm gonna to listen to uh my heroes and yeah. not not be held back uh so i just recorded it uh here uh, in my home with a beer nice. uh and now it is out in the world for everyone to enjoy my non-live comedy album love that if you're interested on that uh it's i'm in all my social media but it's also on the front page of my website at josephsgrimshaw.com where you can go to check that out uh, and you can of course follow me on twitter and instagram is at joseph scrimshaw Hey, this is a wonderful
4: supersized episode, but I think all of our episodes are supersized because we like (laughs) taking our time to go through everything, go beyond the headlines, the theories, and really look at the core of Star Wars, which also is the core of our enjoyment of this crazy space saga. We'll see you next week here on Force Center.